Hey, everyone, you're listening to Richie Ramone live on the barrage. It's Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live in the garage. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sport song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this Welch's grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my gut, I'm listening to that Midwest, fucking Europe, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my show. I said O-R-I-A-M. That's my name from the other end. Hey, everybody, this is Conan Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. The What's your favorite radio station? Live from the garage. Look at the cycle logs into this shit. Don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound It's gonna ever keep me down. Live from the barrage. I saw the Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake. I have a great story. Makes sense to me. <laughs> What's wrong with you, people? John Hulan, fuck you. Oh, fuck you, pal. Blow it out your ass. Hello, check. Why does my mic sound weird? Why does it sound bassy to you? Uh, no more, no more basic than usual. Really? Well, maybe it's just my baritone, my sexy baritone of a voice. That is the way you speak. You know, usually, I'm a little brighter in the mix, you know. <laughs> make it sound hotter. What does make that it sound mean? Hotter in the mix, yeah. That makes no sense. What are you talking? Make it sound bigger. What does that mean? <laughs> I Punchy like that. and warm. Yeah. Can we make it sound warmer? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll light a fire under the tape, buddy. Because I don't know what to tell you, man. That, that's a ridiculous request. <laughs> yeah, I want you to blow farts in the studios. <laughs> Make yeah. it warmer. Warm it up. We don't need it any warmer in here. How's that for a segue? Uh, what are we so at, Mike? Right we're now. at a blistering 89 degrees in here with the AC on. Live from the Barrage uh, the weather fan, report. The fan um, is going like wild. The fan, Jesus Christ. I have the fan on a bungee cord, and it's like doing its own thing. It's just going nuts. An oscillating fan with no stand it's, on it. It's actually out of my line of sight. Every, every once in a while, I see a shadow, and I think somebody's like standing behind me. And it freaks me out. <laughs> Other than that. I have... We have the fan on. We have this like portable AC unit that Pat brought over, and it's just not like doing hardly anything. It started out at ninety six degrees. And, right, we're, uh, we're down a good seven. We're degrees. down to eighty nine, and it's, we've been holding steady there for the past half hour. So I think this is probably as good as it's gonna get. Shit, my uh, oh, it's eighty eight. Eighty eight. Oh, I went back to eighty nine. Oh, I went back. It's, uh, I have a bag of ice on my head, a towel around. I brought. I had to bring my dog upstairs and put him in the air conditioning. I put him in a room, put the air conditioner. I'm like, see you later. How'd you get him up the stairs? You I had him? to carry. Yeah, he doesn't. I had to hump that dog all the <laughs> way upstairs. Yeah, he doesn't do stairs. Oh my god, poor He's thing. Got them little stubby legs. He just looks at the stairs. He's like, no. Not happened. Never yeah. happened, Jack. You know what? That's nice of you. <laughs> you know, I read a story the other day, or this maybe probably today, uh, about some fucking family that went. <laughs> Never happened, Jack. Some family that went on vacation and left their pets out in the yard. Okay. For, uh, but forget the heat wave. Like they, what, you're just gonna leave your pet in the yard for five days? You fucking shitbag! What's yeah, wrong Colette with was you? telling me about that. Holy. What the hell? I spent the afternoon trying to find somebody to feed my fucking goldfish for the next three days. We're going away tomorrow. <laughs> I would have done. What do you live on Sesame Street? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going I'm on? I'm concerned about these three fish. I want at a carnival. <laughs> Wait, Come on, you're cons- and this guy's oh, leaving animals in his yard all week. <laughs> You fucking put that goldfish bowl out there, be boiling right now. It's so fucking hot. It's ridiculous. 
how you been dealing with this? Me? Yeah. Uh, I went in the pool today. I have like one of those like uh, Kmart pop-up pools. It's like 200 bucks. Right. It's more than 200 bucks. That thing's pretty sweet. No, it's not that much more. Bullshit. I would have one if it wasn't. If you could get I'm one. I'm telling you. You, you got to look online. You got to compare prices. Look at the reviews. I'm not good at that. Do research. I'm ter- Actually, I'm, that's probably one of the, like, my like worst qualities is like haggling and or finding yeah, bargains. I don't, I don't like it. But, uh, I actually have a coupon for something to save 15% if I spent $200 or more. And I feel like a douchebag. I don't even want to use it. Like I don't. I don't have it in me. I don't yeah. know. I used to not have it in me, but and like I used to see my dad do it all the time. He would ne- always haggle, and I was like embarrassed by it. But now that I'm getting older, I kind of do it too. I'm like, fuck this guy. I'm never gonna see him again. I'm out of here. My parents. My mom didn't do it. My stepfather did. My mom didn't do it. So so I don't have it in me. Yeah. It's not yeah. that hard. I I got obsessed with all these shows. Like I was telling you about. Like uh, come stage. on, you could do better than that. I started going to garage. <laughs> come on, sales. you do me do me a little better than that. Oh, listen. Remember I told you I, uh, I started acting like Mario now and I'm going through <laughs> I've somebody moved yes. out Mario they, coming in a little later uh to play the Ryan game. Somebody in my building moved out and threw a bunch of stuff in the trash. I found a, a plate that I sold for $150. You're kidding me. On, what on kind eBay. of plate? A collector's plate with Dave Harrison as a <laughs> shepherd boy? I'd like to say... What, just, Dave's just, not here, by the Ryan, way. Sorry. Yeah, I had that up, and then you, you, I, you hosed me. I got you before. Dave's not here. So, fucking... Uh, Ryan came over to my house the other day, and I'm doing work in my house. We're, like, doing some crazy shit, changing from oil heat to gas heat, so I had to take a lot of, like, my collectibles out Conversion. of the basement. He's got an unbelievable toy collection, this guy. So John, so Ryan walks Ooh, in. Hairdo, hairdo, yeah. He's got like the Kiss dolls and all that shit. I have, He's got I, the Godzilla doll in the in the box. Yeah. In, yeah, in the box. But not no. The Kiss doll. Everything has been used at some point in his life. It just went back in the box when it was done. I don't know. My grandmother saved the boxes when I was a little boy. I don't know. That yeah. makes him that much makes more, more valuable. Yeah, yeah. Much more. Yeah. So. Well, but Ryan it's walks not valuable, my- Ryan, if they're, if they're, you have like Nikolai Volkov and he's out of the box and you wrote like dickhead and magic marker on his chest and he has a chunk taken out of him with a knife and his hand is burned. Somebody wants it bad enough? Because I have one of those if anybody wants to uh, contact me. I'll give, you, I'll give you five bucks for it. Go so, ahead, Mike. Well, so Ryan walks in and the first thing he says, he goes, he walks in and he starts like snooping around. He goes, so how much do you want for the whole lot? I'm like, dude, it's not for sale, man. He's like, well, you know, tell me what you're thinking. He, and then he starts, he starts assessing everything. He goes, well, this is the most expensive thing on the table. And this really, is, it was a Godzilla. It was funny though. Like, He's got why, Star Wars uh, toys I'd never even heard of before. <laughs> it was funny though watching you like just do it. And you you did. You turned into like fucking like uh, Dave Hester or somebody. You know, one of those guys from the Storage Wars. Not not not. Pick your favorite one. That's who you were. You know what I mean? Right. I don't it's, have it a favorite. It wasn't a bad. They're thing. all assholes. they're all dicks. I can't stand that <laughs> shit. Well, that's why I kind of like. That's why stuff. I said pick your. favorite favorite or whatever because you weren't coming off as an asshole like they do to me (laughs) you know whatever it was interesting to see the the snoop around let's see what i can find and make some fucking flip some cash on you know right type of shit they got a new guy on the show now that's about six foot ten and this guy is a the biggest dick i've ever seen in my life (laughs) not even just on the show that's kind of the move like he's the type of person that just he goes up to people move get out of my way and just walks past but that's the perfect show like if you want to be on that show i know people just show up and stuff and like hope to get on the show Mm -hmm. if you're six foot ten and you're standing in the crowd the camera can't help it but uh tape you it's great yeah (laughs) it's a brilliant (laughs) strategy Elevator shoes. Right, it's a good way to get attention. Although, Start yelling at everybody. Like I guess that too. who was it? The comedian Kevin Hart is his name. He, yeah. He he uh, he was with some NBA star recently in a restaurant, and the NBA star said, "You come up here." And Kevin Hart's like, "No." They were gonna take a picture together. Right. Kevin Hart's like, "No, no, you gotta lean down." He's like, "You're the tall one." He's like, "You're the weirdo. You gotta lean down for the picture." And the guy refused. So Kevin Hart was like, "Fuck you." Had the picture taken and tweeted it, and he's like up to the guy's like nipple, and that's where the picture <laughs> stops. And he's like, <laughs> "Not today." <laughs> yeah, it was, but like you know, I don't know. 
I think you got if you're that tall, it might be a, a downfall to you because yeah. then just getting like you know you're like the original Nordberg on, right. on the police story. <laughs> you have something in your mouth and the banana falls out and hits the desk. <laughs> anyway, we have uh, but just walking in the studio is the famous and great uh, and lovely and uh, vivacious Tommy Rockstar. Hey, hey how you doing, Tommy? Tommy? Speak right into that microphone, please. Thank you. I prefer infamous to famous, but thank you. Thank There's you. Tommy, and uh, Tommy is here to help us because a little later on the show, we're going to have, uh, hopefully, Howie Huberman call in, right, Mike? Yeah, and he is uh, correct. Uh, known as the godfather of the Sunset Strip. You know you know who this guy is, Tommy? Well, actually, I found out this week, but after doing a little bit of Wik- <laughs> okay, <laughs> Wikipedia, right. uh, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah, that's about the amount He's of your kind of people. Too. Hey, let me see your tattoo, Tommy. Which one? Uh, the, oh, the Guns N' Roses one. Oh. Tommy, of course... Uh, with nice. all the Guns N' Roses tattoos. Have, have you not seen it here? You've seen no, it. No, I saw it the night. I saw it the night you came here the first time. But we the Izzy the first was once. The Izzy was brand new. And you know what? I forgot to put on my fucking my stupid temporary, uh, temporary tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. I, I see that tattoo. I was gonna bring them all in here for us. Oh, there we go. We I got the Duff on the top. Uh, um, Axel's the biggest, yeah. craziest one. He's the one. You know. Side note: He was signed down here. We had to move him. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Slash. Izzy Stradlin. Uh, Actually, it's Izzy Stroman. Stroman. <laughs> Dizzy. No, uh, Dizzy Matt, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt, Sorum, Sorum. Matt Sorum. I did have him on there. You guys know that. Yeah, you yeah. got you erased Matt Sorum. That's the best of. part. Like you know, <laughs> you, you had Matt Sorum's autograph written on your arm. You're like, you know what? It took a, like a mom. That's like part a, two of the movie where he yeah. goes to find a tattoo guy to get it off. Right. Or like you know, you, when you gotta lick the uh, Asian lady's eyebrow at the uh, <laughs> what? At the place. What? It's a story from What's the Beef, Chief. Oh. <laughs> you gotta like just thumb thumb lick it off. I don't know what you're going. With. Asian uh, massage parlors you're going to. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't get massages. <laughs> My back hurts. Oh, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we have Tommy here. Yeah. Tommy is uh, knows about all things Guns and Roses, and he knows about that whole uh, right in Poison Guns and Roses scene of the '80s. Not so much Poison, but uh, you know. Yeah, a little bit. We'll see what this guy knows. Hopefully, he's a talkative dude, and we'll get a lot out of him. We'll figure it out. Anyway, yeah. that's coming up at 9 o'clock. We got uh, Mario coming in, and uh, there's no Dave and no Pat. Pat's in England. Doing God knows what. Doing God knows what. Yeah, yeah. He's probably bedding down oh, what's the what's, of beauties. What's the, uh, what's the uh, age limit over there? <laughs> That's the question, because I bet you he says he's going to England. He's really going to like Romania or something like a little where it's a little, a little less stringent, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, right now Pat's in a canoe rowing to Thailand, so nobody <laughs> can find out about his trip. Harry, when are we gonna get some of our crazy st- stories? <laughs> right, and he's finding like postcards of uh, like he's, he's Google image searching the Big Ben and stuff to put it on Facebook he has like I oh, know you know what it is yeah no he he got this app called Brit this and it just every time you take a picture it puts Big Ben or like the puts, yeah Buckingham background. Palace behind you yeah. yeah or like a beef eater and like random like Thailand street corners for you I just moved my pad sounds too I can't find them. oh, oh man. man well that would have been so funny if I had the pad sounds ready to play the two pad sounds I have the Beach Boys, Pat Sounds. Missed opportunities. I forgot about that Beach Boys album, their first album, Pat Sounds. <laughs> <laughs> that was a groundbreaking record. It Pat was. Sounds. I think very well produced. I like them in the beginning where it's just like 20 minutes and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pat Sounds. Pat Sounds. It's, uh, it's wild. It's out there, you know? That guy, I heard he's retarded, the guy who made that album. Now, I don't know if I made this up or if I heard it somewhere, but I do want to start... Uh, you like of, the surf. Speaking of Pat Sounds or Pet Sounds, I want to start... A, a ca- I've been playing keyboard lately. I've been trying to teach myself at home on a, like a nice. mini keyboard and shit. And I want to teach myself... Um, to, no, no, no. That's, I'm 
want to teach myself how to play the Casio barking dogs. And I want to name my band Bark Bachman Turner Rover Drive. <laughs> and that's funny because the the, the BTO's most famous song is uh, he's singing to his dog in that song, isn't he? Taking care of business is about going to the no, dog. No, uh, the other song. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Their second most. It's about his dog. He's singing to the dog. I would think taking care of business yeah. is about the dog. Like hurry up and take care of business. I'm cold gotta, out here. I want to just shit and get inside. Clean that up and, and then I looked into his big brown eyes and I said, he's singing to his dog. That's really? the, that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. I talk huh. out of my ass. I'm all going day. to the record books on that. Hold on. I'm, I want to just. I want to get some info. I want to get the BTO guys in here and see if I can use <laughs> their name. The BT info. No matter what you come up with, I like John's story the best. Tommy, so. how do you deal with the heat? I, I was you just, okay in the heat? Yeah. You have long pants on. Uh, but these are the thinnest long pants I could possibly find. <laughs> you look like you lost weight too. Oh, a little bit. I've been working nice. out, and running around a lot with. Good the, for you. No actually, smoking. You have an e-cigarette there. E-cig, yeah, nice. six weeks. You know. Nice. Good for you. I've six weeks. Been, I thought it was months. Would you, you stop? Would you come no, back? Probably? Uh, no. Uh, um, uh, June fourth, I quit, and so this is where it's six weeks. And last year was six weeks. I've longest I've ever been. So it's right. kind of a feat. Uh, Good for you. But I've been losing more weight running around as a fake roadie for Mr. Brownstone. <laughs> losing more weight running around? <laughs> exactly. A fake roadie? No, Go up just... to the mountains. Stop bothering people. <laughs> Why don't you work a zoo and stop bothering people? <laughs> so, wait. Where, and where? I saw you did some traveling as a fake roadie. How, the, what, how does a fake roadie get to go on the road? What, what is this fake roadies? roadie business? You wear, like, the security T-shirt, and uh, you go up there and pull somebody off stage. It's like a planned bit. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I could wear these really great... Throw them a couple punches. Does a couple fake roadie get in the a, face? In the neck. Uh, fake roadie get a roadie? I uh, no, I have to do everything myself. Ah. Sadly, but you, you do the actual roadie duties. I do. Do you? But they that's have, bullshit. They have this bit where they have actual full bottle of Jack. This is the band Tragedy or the other band? No, no, Mr. Brownson. Mr. Brownson. Sorry, they, uh, I can't believe we're talking about this. This is awesome. Go ahead. <laughs> I well, think we're right. and, and it all ties into the Howie Hubbard. Exactly. We have a, you know, Thomas we are full circle kind type people. On the uh, Guns N' Roses cover band. I'm right. only sad that I'm just known for only this hair metal Guns N' Roses stuff. That's the only thing that saddens me. Yeah, you're not and known t-shirts. for that at all. You're known <laughs> to us as a punk rock guy. You yeah. just happen to like those '80s bands. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's it's true. unfortunate, but you know, here we are. They have this bit where <laughs> <laughs> they have this bit where they fill their uh, like a, a Jack, Dan- Jack Daniels bottle full of iced tea. Yeah, you know who else had that bit? Slash Michael Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> And, but then they fill another one that's really full. So my job is to like pull up their wigs and pour down real jack down their throat while they play to the point where the bottle's gone and they're all fucked. And right. right. Yeah. Oh, really? You walk around pouring the real Jack Daniels into the mouths of men. Yes. No. Exactly. <laughs> Sadly, that's a great. That's a good job. So you yeah you pour cocktails down men's throats. You're like a shot girl for a band <laughs> on stage. <laughs> Exactly. But then there's actual girls in the crowd that, you know, uh, we have to pick them out and pull them over our shoulder and throw them in the back dressing room. You know, the whole deal. Right. That old that old gag. And you ever pick the wrong chick and she fucking prices charges? Uh, no, but I have picked up girls from the from the crowd that I try to pick up and they just don't come up because they're a little too heavy. So you're the Aww. fake roadie and you pick up a fake groupie and bring them back to the fake backstage and they like, use a dildo or <laughs> Actually, fake sex? Last time I did it, I picked a girl up and threw her over and brought her in the back and I ended up being the singer's sister. So it was a total like... Uh, <laughs> Fail. <laughs> oh man! You know. look like. Aren't you glad you didn't have? Um, I can't think of the word. Forget about it. Steve V <laughs> on the chat box saying tragedy. Fucking love tragedy. Are we talking about the same band? I think there's two tragedies, aren't there? There's well, a real. There's a regular band, and there's a BG's metal disco cover band. Well, which you're affiliated. Right. There's. I'm in that as a transvestite background dancer. <laughs> of course. Why not? Yeah. Makes but, sense. But what he's... Well, I don't know what he's talking about, but if he's talking about the other one, it's, they're based out of Portland, and they're like a sludgecore, hardcore band, so... Ah, uh, that's probably what he's they talking about. They got no transvestites. Yeah. No. No transvestites. No. 
a BG transvestite <laughs> cover band. Oh, just... not that one. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've gone to see Tragedy a number of times yeah, with you, yeah. Tommy. And uh, they, they, first of all, they play huge places. I mean, for a, you know, what, for a bar band, tribute yeah, band, you know. It blew up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and every time I go, I see a shitload of people I know. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. And you could tell they're embarrassed, but, <laughs> but like, oh, shit. And because like, uh, they'll say, well, what are you doing here? I'm like, I know those guys. What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, it just, uh, you know what's crazy about that band? Like, it started off uh, because all these well known, like, musicians in the scene, and they were all really kind of. Fr- friends and they're pretty talented they got together with this concept but the brooklyn scene well, the, more like the manhattan scene actually <laughs> and <laughs> and the uh jake the guy who runs rocks off that's he, an inside joke okay no, no it's not nothing bad for you i was gonna no, say no it has nothing to do with you he he was a promoter and he was the lead in the band so having your lead guy be a already well-connected promoter kind of helped you get these bigger gigs right so they've actually they flew to england to open up for fucking motorhead Really? Get the fuck yeah, out of here, really? Yeah, yeah. It's no cr- just them, just flying out to... It's pretty well, cool. then it's all worth it. I would start a cover band if I get to meet Lemmy and like put years into it just to meet him. Tribute band is a difference. Oh. Oh. What's the difference, What's the Tommy? difference? Yeah, tell us. Well, a cover band is like those like overaged, like 45-year-old right. fat classic, dudes playing in a bar. Classic rock. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. Easy. Easy. <laughs> Easy. <here. laughs> Easy. Yeah. No, that's me, too. Watch it. And then uh, a tribute band <laughs> takes on the persona with the costumes and the whole bit, like Steel Panther, for example. Or right. So really, one is just a little more money. Do they get to, all to, to the cause? Yeah. Really? Do they get all bent out of shape if, you, if people call the cover band? They get upset. <laughs> the tribute like, band. Some yes, guys the standing there in a disco well, outfit, like, "Hey, well, man, well, our friend, we're a serious act." Well, our friend Joe was in a fraternity. You can excuse my language in advance, everybody. Uh, somebody, I said, "So what's it like being in a frat?" He's like, you, "Would you call your country a cunt? Don't call it a frat." And I was like, "Oh." oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I excuse myself in advance. I have. I busted no his balls about that every day for the rest of his life. I, 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 still to this day, yeah. you which Joe is that? Which Joe? Joe McCann. Uh, he's the Joe who drinks beer out of other men's assholes in his fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> in this country, that's what I heard. Anyway, I, that's what I assume goes on in every fraternity. <laughs> just, just a bunch of homoerotic shit. Can't do it. Bunch of dudes fucking grabbing each other's ass. You're too tall to be in a fraternity, Tom. Mm. Mm. Bunk bed living isn't mm. for you. His head <laughs> is in the sorority upstairs. I oh. do enjoy sorority porn, though. I will say that. So, I, really? Is there such a thing? I mean, oh, oh yeah, no, you I watch mean, a porn. And there's like eight sorority girls get together, and you know, with like the hidden cameras, the hidden cameras all over each room. It's like all that set thing. up. Yeah. They're all fucking. Do, actresses. do you think your like your like of or your love of or whatever it is uh, of sorority porn comes from Revenge of the Nerds? <laughs> do you think it I don't stems know. When from I, there? I use a hole saw to drill out the cameras. I get like, a hard on. We were the using... cameras, and nobody ever notices. <laughs> Big fucking hole in the ceiling with the device sticking out of it <laughs> that makes noise when it like focuses. <laughs> I call my wiener Wormser. I call my wiener Lamar. <laughs> Hotel Coralexis. 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 Very that's good. The best. Yeah. That's what I. That's the one thing I got to talk to Barry Sobel about that night. He was like, "Wow, you got a good memory, bud." Wow. Hey, it's fucking hot in here. Holy no, we're crap. melting dying, in here. Dying. We're dying. If we sound sluggish and slow, it's because we're actually dying. Yeah, we are sluggish and slow. It's Oy. really hot. I'm starting to get the heat headache and stuff. Is there an AC in here? Yeah. Yeah, we have an AC. It's, it's not doing it's shit. It's got degrees. us at a smooth 89 degrees right now. Does so. it go down anymore? No, that's no, it, it should. No. We, we ha- it, the temperature that you read on the outside is what it, uh, the room. Gotcha, gotcha. And that's, that's yeah, all that's we can tell you. That's not the setting. That's the room temperature. We, no, we didn't set the AC at 89. No, <laughs> no fucking dick uh, move. Yeah, right. Uh, come on. Save me energy. What are you doing? You're heating the whole neighborhood? Put it at 89. It's comfortable. 
Did any of you guys go to an All-Star game? You big Mets fans? Uh, it's funny you should uh, pri- Priced out of it, and mm. uh, and I would like to hear the story that Ryan went with Mario, and they just went to hang out outside. That's not what we went to do. That's I went with this not specific intention. I didn't ha- invite me, by the way. When I, when I decided to go, it was 15 minutes before the game started. I get a call mm. from Mario saying that he's going to try and score tickets to get in. And I thought to myself, it's impossible. But the next thing I thought is, somebody has to fucking witness this. And if I'm the only one that knows about it, it's got to be me. So I got, I told him to come get me. It was a, inside is like all the all-stars and the prestigious people are all getting together to see this great event. Where I was Great outside. athletes like Prince Fielder. Right. <laughs> Jason Ryan, Grilly. Right, and Ryan Braun. Everybody loves him. And uh, it was it was disgusting out there. It was the sleaziest crowd I've ever seen in my life. Wow. See, was, I was going to go and go to McFadden's, the bar. How come you guys didn't go there? Because Mario was too cheap? Or he, was, no, was it crowded? He didn't want to go in there. Because it was... You, we walked in. I mean, it, they it, was, have a it was just like any night. Mario likes yes. to hang out at the deli across the, the street, like a sp- little Spanish bodega, where right. they have food and like egg sandwiches probably for the guys in the morning, and then they sell beer at night, and there's a couple tables in there, and there's nobody in it's there. Disgusting. They had the game on? Yeah, they had the game on. It's disgusting AC? in there. The food's been sitting in there all day at yeah. 90 degree heat, uh, yep. and they yep. got an A from the Board of Health. <laughs> That's up there with 30-year-old hey. tape. Right. right. So... It was it was the most depressing. It was like an early uh, early eighties Scorsese movie. You it think was just, <laughs> it was really bright and New Yorky, but very Meat, depressing Meat, at the same time. Meat Streets, right? I felt like uh, was the name of the joint. I felt like Griffin Dunn. It's <laughs> not really Meat Street. <laughs> Covered in. So then Mario ends up selling. Uh, he brought like bobbleheads and stuff to sell on the uh, boardwalk. What? He brought, like so, whenever you walk out of the game, there's a boardwalk that takes you to the Long Island Railroad or the uh, after after the seven train or to the park, the uh, you know Flushing Meadows Corona Park. And so there's this whole line of people getting on the uh, Long Island Railroad. And then, uh, no, I have uh, what do you call it? There's guys out there selling water and uh, Bud Lights. Right, pretzels. Or what have you, pretzels. Out of shopping cart. You know, not Bud Lights, knockoff t-shirt. Right. Shit like that. He sets up in the corner, opens up his backpack. Pulls out. Uh, I, I, I told you they were Turk Wendell bobbleheads. They were like <laughs> they were gnomes, like the Travelocity gnome. He had like five of those. Put them out. Two empty beer with, with bottles. Mets uniforms on them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> two empty Met bottles from two th- from like two thousand eight. Budweiser bottles. Did they say anything about the Mets or were they just old yeah. empty beer no, bottles? No, it's from the stadium. Twenty seven rings, baby. <laughs> Fucking sports ball. Oh. <laughs> So, so Ryan's sending me these videos of Mario sitting there waiting for people to buy his stuff. And right. And some guy wants to buy the John pitch. Franco bobblehead. And he's like 60 bucks for what? That and something else. Yeah, he's yelling out, $20, half price. $20, get it tonight. All-star special. <laughs> and, Wasabi's, and Wasabi's standing next to him, by the way, this whole time, too. So. Yeah, our friend Wasabi, who's like, you know, who knows what the hell his affliction is. Mm. <laughs> it's not good. If, if anybody's wondering, Wasabi looks like the... Uh, the bug guy from MI from Men in Black. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've talked about this with reptilian shapeshifters. He's been in here, and uh, he was actually last week. He showed up late, and we or was it last week? He showed up last week, and uh, we did it because he's a stand-up comedian. So I had him sit here for like twenty minutes. He wanted to be on the air, and I said, "All right, just like riff, and I'll like cut some stuff out." Nothing usable in the whole fucking thing. Mm. Right. 
I saw the beginnings of that, and I was like, I am out. I'll see you guys later, and yeah. I just walked out. Ryan, you think uh, you think you had it bad with the with the crowd over there? I, I I worked five days for the MLB All Star Fan Fast at Javits. Oh, right. I went, oh, to you were about there. that I went too. on Tuesday. I didn't did, see. Did you? you? Yeah. Oh, I you used to work down at Javits. I went with Brendan yeah, Burke. That. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Me and Brandon were just hanging out uh, not too long ago. So did Dave Harrison. He went too. Did you go with Dave the first day? Mario screwed up that plan on me. Yeah. He told me Dave was taking somebody else, and then the night before, uh, Dave told me, he was like, so you ready to go tomorrow? And I said, I thought you were taking somebody else. And, oh, uh, shit. So who did I Dave go with? He went by himself. Really? Uh, yeah. I can't oh, believe he told me it was terrible. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see any. I was working for New Era. We were screen printing t-shirts on site. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, but all the way in the back in the, the first hall. All yeah, the way yeah, like, yeah. I remember. Like huge I remember lines. And, uh, I got stuck there 12 hours a day for five days. It was crazy. Right. You were by the uh, ESPN press table yes, or something like yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. Michael yeah. K and all that. It was like, you know, it's just one of these things you go in there and you walk around and people are trying to get you to fill out all your life information yes. so you get something for fucking free. Exactly. Right. That's what we and were doing. I, I did not want to do any of that. It was yeah. just, I oh, didn't have to sign up for like a new era Citibank card or something if you wanted a free <laughs> no, t-shirt no, with like, like or Chevrolet and you were custom printing t-shirts like some guy could get his name on the back you know Stu Nods or whatever you want on the back <laughs> no that's actually not really physically possible because then I'd have to have a screen for every dude who walked up oh okay you know I, what I, mean? I thought maybe you had some new technology or something like well, I mean, a we computer could, there actually there is a technology called direct to garment printing which is like this on a base in front of them he was there <laughs> sorry <laughs> scared the fucking crap out of me I thought the fucking police just kicked in the door Nick in Bohemia what's up Nick <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, there's no, there's, there's technology where you can print direct, but it's like a forty thousand dollar investment. And no one's doing that, right? So. Kyle on the on the uh, chat box says on-site screen printed T-shirts where they hundred fifty dollars. Believe it or not, so check it out. They're free, and all you got to do is wait on this line. But they're so yeah. po- popular that the line went like an hour and a half to get them. Wow. And we're printing them as fast as we literally can, and. Just a crazy all-day promotion. How many right. guys you got in that booth working with you? It's uh, so a total of three: me, the printer, and then we were making live on-site buttons, which is pretty cool too. Wow! wow. Yeah. Got any? You know what you got to do? Is that? You got to get a couple of them girls with the the bikini tops. You put them in there, it draws more attention to the yeah, booth. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they used to do at the car show all the time. Like, put these mm. girls in, like, did they have any of that going on? Like, these girls in, like, bikini tops and shit? Yeah. Like, they're 18 years old. There was a little of everything. You wouldn't, first of all, the corporate branding, I know I was part of it, but, like, the corporate branding is insane. You know, you'd walk into, like, the, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The Kellogg's batters tryout where you get a free box of Frosted Flakes after you, like, what? I saw people walking around with boxes of Cheez-Its. <laughs> yes, yes. We, I, we I, I never them saw like where crazy. that came from. Right so. next to us. We're, that's all we would eat because we couldn't have time to go eat, so we would just eat cheese. Right. It's in Gatorade. Oh, it's, it's mob mentality because so the uh, like a week ago, they have a they have a street fair outside my job, and it's like you know with the uh, the Philly cheesesteaks and all that shit. Yeah, and, yeah, and they whatever, one down the, by the gyros down by San Juan, and people are selling sunglasses, knockoff sunglasses, jewelry, all that crap. It's just crap, you know. It's, it's yeah, like and market. it's it's not even that great of a deal. Most of the stuff's kind of a little overpriced, you know. So anyway, I'm walking down. And there's this line. And I see this line of people standing by a refrigerated truck. <coughs> And they're waiting for something, and I get on the line because I hear people saying free, and I realize I'm one of these idiots. Hey. And we get to the end, and it's like a box of like 18 yogurts, <laughs> and it's 99 degrees out. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, I got this free yogurt. I got to get it back into the fridge. I don't even like yogurt. I fucking <laughs> right. hate yogurt. That one night yogurt. I was standing outside, I went, I went to, I was at a bar. It went bad in the fridge. I threw it out the other day. I, I went to the bar in Midtown with a couple of friends, with uh, with Carol, <laughs> right. of Ryan, who you know. Yeah. And uh, she says, I, well, I have to go back upstairs. I forgot my bag. And I said, all right, I'll wait here. And it was like it was like 10 o'clock at night. And there was a line forming at, like, and I swear to God, it was a line forming at a karaoke club. So I said, I'll wait here. So I get on the back of the line. 
And people, some now it's a very touristy area, and people start asking me what it, what's going on there, Chief. Sorry, Chief. <laughs> uh, people start asking me what are you online for, and I just say I say Prince is playing inside in like a half an hour. He's got to wait online. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Springsteen holding up the sign yeah, like it was exactly like that. I don't know, right. kid. I'm just supposed I, to. Oh, yeah. I swear to God, within five minutes, I had about seventy five people behind me, and then Carol walked out, and she's like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Let's just go." And I walked, and I told her this nice. story. We were just fucking. Now Prince time. had to go there, of course. You know, <laughs> it was a karaoke. Bar. Like I don't know what's going. On. Like I said to Lisa, like I, I'm. I should have went into the bar and been like, "You owe me like two hundred bucks." <laughs> One more thing about this fan fest. Yes, there was another convention going on too, the textile convention. Yes, yes. that was downstairs, and it was like right. all these like really. Well dressed. Um, you bring it back. Business looking people. To me of checking people's and, badges when they're coming right. in. Oh, that was my job. And they made goddamn sure that the baseball crew did not interact with them at all. They must have had a specific, a specific request saying, "We don't want any of this bullshit down here." Right. Yeah. Make sure it they happens. don't come. There's down a lot here. of politics so, involved in setting up right. these shows. You have so no there was yeah. Hold on, let me finish. Yeah. So they had a rope line uh, going towards the escalator to get us upstairs. It was, I mean, at that wide entrance. It's a half a mile wide, this entrance to the Javits. And mm-hmm. we could only go through one door or something like that. So we get online. And right there, as far away as that poker table is from me, there was a Starbucks kiosk. Yeah, I was there. And yeah. I'm with Brendan. So yeah. he's, this guy never passed a Starbucks. Did they have Elliot Smith's on CD? <laughs> so, uh... They, uh, we walked over there. They kicked us off that line. They said, "No, you can't stand on line there." And we're like, "We just want to get some coffee." And they said, "No." And I said, "Come on, why not? It's why can't we just get coffee from them?" They said, "You have to stay over there, sir." It's like, "What? You think I'm gonna fucking sneak into the textile? Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing Mr. Met T-shirt. Yeah, I'm not gonna sneak into the textile convention. Give me a fucking break. Allow me to sample your I wares. I can't understand if it was the other way around. Like, you know, some guy who was there for the textile convention. <laughs> oh, that's uh, lovely. Like, Is that velvet? What textiles? No, but like the guy's like, God damn it, I wish I was upstairs playing baseball or watching the baseball bullshit or whatever the hell was going on. I love a good haberdashery. I wish I could watch Tommy print t-shirts. Yeah. No, you don't. What's the mercury count in this derby? Silk, it's the way of the future. I was at the, uh, I was actually at the Starbucks and online, and a girl came up to me and she's like, uh, "What's what's the fan fest?" And I'm like, "You're at it." And she's like, "No, I'm at the textile fest." I'm like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. People and, have no idea where they, they are know. in that place. It's a half your half my job there was, and it was a great weekend gig. Like I when I was a kid, you. it was yeah. awesome. And it was like you make 19 bucks an hour on the weekend awesome. at like 20 15 years, years ago. old. Yeah, and you'd bang a couple hundred, and and it was like you know you had two guys working a door usually if you were lucky, and you'd do like you know. An, an hour, hour and a half on, on uh, yeah. No, right. an hour and a half on with a half an hour off. That yeah. was the deal. That's when they had reliefs at the smaller shows. When they had like three guys working, it would be like, "All right, I'll, I'll take off for a half an hour. You take off for a half an hour," which is crazy. Or, or like I'll you you know I'll stay on for two hours right. and then I'll go on a two hour break. It was like just, it was just you <laughs> Dude, and another guy. I usually work the bigger yeah. shows. Check this out. I we had to load in on a Thursday the day before it started. You know, and uh, I asked. The, Wasn't any drinking going on for those two no. hour breaks. But no, not at all. There was, Never. There's an agent. You come back, you like just let everybody in. There were Go uh, ahead, back Tommy, then. I'm sorry. No, I'm keep right. interrupting you. No, there was an agency that hired us. You know, so we it works like that. And so I was asking, you know, when we could load in and bring in all our stuff. And she's like, you can either bring it all yourself before four o'clock, or you could bring it. They'll load it for you, but it has to be before eight a.m. And only the union guys can. Of load course, it. yeah. You know, yeah. Nobody else could touch that shit. It's crazy. <laughs> if, I'll give you a little pro tip. If you want to get into the Javits Center for free, just wear a hammer on your belt. <laughs> and you will walk right through the door. No one will ask you a question. I was just noticing. Get a, get a nice carpenter's hammer. 
put it on a like a, a tool belt and and don't dress like a you know dress like you're going to work and you could just what no one will John, ask you shit. That actually applies to getting into rock and roll shows for free. All you got to do act seriously? like you act like you, you know belong where you're going. There. Yeah, you, no, you grab an right. empty, empty cardboard box and you just run up to the front guy and be like, "Merch, I got to get through." And every promoter you're kidding. Yeah. Really? Every, I've never been stopped. I can be the Madison Square Garden had an empty box of cardboard. Right. Wow. You don't want to be the guy that fucks up and stops him. <laughs> What's in that box? Is it getting cooler? Uh, there's nothing in the box. <laughs> well, it's a John Cage show. Is it getting cooler right. in here? It is. That's the John wow. Cage merch. It's down to a smooth 88. There's nothing in there. Wow. No one gets that joke. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined <laughs> yeah. it. I ruined your joke. I, I stepped on 88? It. We're at 88? Yeah, we're at 88. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I thought like Ryan was trying to signal for me to get an eight ball. I'm like, what are you telling me? He's like, he's like the temperature's gone <laughs> right. down. I'm sweating like Kona Neutron out of, I don't know, fill in the blank because... Stinking at a fill in the blank contest, he'd be go sweating like a bastard <laughs> at that thing. <laughs> Mad libs. No, he could do good at a fill in the blank contest. Conan's a he's a wordsman. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty good uh, writer. He, he's got, you know got away with the words. I do not. Did I ever tell you guys the time when we snuck into the World Series in a wheelchair, faking it? That's All the right. low. That's the that's the lowest con- common denominator. Is of, it really? Of, it's uh, pretty low. Ahead. That's pretty some. Uh, although I happen what were to we find talking your... about, I just passed out each stroke. Wow. <laughs> you went away for a little while. I, I just, I just, John, you were sleeping for half went, an hour. I went to a special. Place we did the Ryan for game a already. Seconds there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was all baseball. You would have loved it. <sighs> Is the show over? <laughs> that I got the idea to do that from you with the wheelchair thing, and I didn't have the heart to do it. And I sent them to like some fucking company, and or like some like like you did, and I gave like a hospital. Well, now did we talk about this in the area? I think we did. The Disney people, you know, in Disney, if you're handicapped, you go straight right to the front of the line. So now they, they, oh, they, yeah, yeah. they start hiring these people, but they you can hire them through Disney. I what? think. I think. I think everyone. Yeah, Disney sees something illegal going on. They go, "Well, we're getting a piece of the pie too, Jack. Mm-hmm. If we can't control it, we want a piece." There you go. Well, Ryan, let me. It's a whole racket. I want just to like, taste. Just jab it center. Let me tell you. I'll, I'll tell you the story quick, and you tell me if it's really scum of the earth. Like, because that was your first reaction. I want to hear it, right? I, it doesn't mean I didn't like it. <laughs> no, in, uh, in in 2000, the Yankees and Mets played the Subway Series. That was Correct. Right. Remember that? I, and, I walked yeah, into I that. Remember. I walked into that World Series on my own two legs. <laughs> and my, my cousin and I, Paulie Latex, we were really big fans of the Yankees, and we've always wanted to go to World Series. And this time it was like you know 2000, so we got to go, right? Yeah. So the night before, we made a pact to buy tickets on Ticketmaster the next morning. He went to work and I went to my home office. And at 10 o'clock, he would try and I would try. So 10 o'clock rolls around and, of course, everyone and their mother in New York is trying to get tickets. The whole system's jammed and right. nothing's coming Right, the, the internet's about three years old exactly. at this point. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So the, inter- the internet was Al Gore and a hamster wheel below the earth. <laughs> <laughs> right, somewhere in Switzerland. <laughs> Uh, 10 10 rolls around 10 20 nothing 10 30 10 40. Goes in the hamster wheel <laughs> right no he's controlling it he he's, he literally started the internet with that hamster wheel but lowly right. crust then he replaced it with the cherry picker on the stage <laughs> and it's 11 o'clock in the morning nothing's coming up when uh finally these tickets appear in my in my window and in a frantic move i just hit click and bought them and on the like confirmation screen it goes congratulations you just purchased two congratulations you're in a wheelchair yeah <laughs> you just purchased two wheelchair accessible tickets and i was like what so I called up my cousin after trying to get through to him because he was still busy calling. And finally, he's like, dude, did you score any tickets? And I'm like, I did. But the thing is, is they're, they're wheelchair tickets. And he goes, you too? And I go, what do you mean you too? And he goes, well, I scored a wheelchair ticket as well. And I'm like, what? And, and I go, did I just hear you say you scored a single wheelchair ticket? And, and he's like, yeah, well, that's all I could get. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do with one wheelchair ticket? At least I got a pair. You know, right. we go together, right? right? 
this is my guy. He pushes me around. This is Nurse uh, right. whatever. Nurse Betty. <laughs> nurse Tommy. <laughs> so we're looking at it. We're sitting there talking actually on the phone, and we're like, we can't possibly go to the World Series in a fake wheelchair. Or can we? Right? So then we decided to go to Williston Park. There's like a little... Uh, pharmaceutical place that rent medical supplies <laughs> right we walked in and we're like hey uh, all, uns- all unsuspecting and we're like uh, you guys don't happen to rent wheelchairs do you and the guy's like you have, t- you have ties and like jam shorts on <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and the guy's like yeah we do actually I'm like great and he's like how long do you need it for like six months a year and I'm like a day <laughs> the how rest long, of my life how, how long, how long the is the Yankee game feeling <laughs> tired three hours four hours with driving <laughs> my grandma's on her last leg I just need it for probably the day the most <laughs> she's coming in from Fort Lauderdale. She's coming overnight. She's got to. She's got to lay over. I got to push her in the morning. I got to push her into the Hard Rock in the airport, and that's about it. <laughs> the guy goes, "It's five dollars a day, kid." We're, we're filming like, Jackass. I need it for one day. Right. The so next scene, we're pulling up the Yankee Stadium. It's Game Two of the World Series, right? So it's the, the whole. It wasn't city. even like a closing game. No, this is the. Oh, like You're the a schnook. <laughs> the city's electric. Everyone and their mothers just going crazy. Crazy media coverage. Was the wheelchair electric? No, it was manual. But uh, we we roll up to where was it the uh, the the top roof uh, garage over there? Right. Uh huh. And we open up my cousin's Buick and we look in the back and we're both staring at this folded wheelchair. But we hadn't made plans who would get in it. Oh, uh, you're too tall for this. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I just nudge my cousin out of nowhere and I go, "You get in it." And he's like, "No, you get in it." And we're going back and forth when finally he agrees to get in it. Now. Let me ask you this, when Paul. You, Paul, but by, Paul for those of you that don't know Paul, and I don't, Ryan, I don't think you do. Maybe Paul looks like the kind of guy that could be in a wheelchair, yes. le- le- right. legitimately. Hey, you wheel you him in there, the, and he's going twenty-seven rings, baby. Play Sports the ball. Yeah. Like, like there's like ears sticking out from behind his hat. Twenty-seven like, you know? rings, baby. <laughs> were you gonna say? Were you gonna ask? Me? No, that was the oh. uh, sound. Um, so. He finally gets. Just you how many rigs the Yankees have. <laughs> See, I would act completely normal in the wheelchair. Right. I would just be like, "Hey, fuck you guys! What are you <laughs> doing out there? <laughs> fuck Come you. on! I like that. That's you. completely normal. <laughs> what you got to do is get a program and score but I can't the game. Walk. What do you want from me? <laughs> Nobody wants to be the guy that confronts the handicapped guy and be well, like, "Are you really handicapped?" Well, Especially if you score in the game. So we get in it. He gets in it, and I'm looking at him, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "You, you just. I, I know where this is. You going. just don't look pathetic enough." And he's like, well, what do you mean? And uh, you know how everyone in their trunk has those, like, uh, red and black plaid wool emergency blankets? Yeah, put that over your legs. legs you know? know what you got to do? Put an army hat on him or we something. Did, we did. We did. <laughs> I look in the trunk and find a beat-up old Yankee hat, and we scrunch it down over his face, and he looked really great. You put a little airborne pin on there or something like that. Right. They really won't fuck with it. So, so you go into the game, you get to your seat. <laughs> no, 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 no. We roll up, and everywhere we go, cops see us, and they're like, dude in a wheelchair, section four, open the pen, let him through. And they would give us all this attention when we, we never wanted, like, cop attention, you know? Right, but you got to play out the line now. Right. And I don't know how to drive a freaking wheelchair. Someone hitting people's ankles and shit. It's just a total nightmare. Right. It's my first day. Paulie's kicking his feet around in the chair, like, just moving his legs. <laughs> and we finally we finally roll up to the to the line and get in. And now we're sweating bullets because we have these, like, dream bubbles of the field, the guys at the, the ticket takers just... You know, trying to prove that we're really disabled, knocking us out and tapping our legs with poles. She, and shit. She's hitting him with a cattle prod right. in the knee. Right, <laughs> right. Then you pull up and you know, the the guys that are in wheelchairs all of a sudden just look over and you like they know you're fucking yeah. faking. No, it. so we get up to the to ticket taker and he looks down on the ticket and he looks at us and he looks down on the ticket again and he just rips it and lets us in. Yeah, we were like, holy shit, we just got into the World Series. 
with this gag. With the World game, Series game of being two. scumbags. Yeah. And we looked at some poor kid who can't get in singing his home, like uh, throwing his ball into his glove, staring at the wall. <laughs> we'll wait till the end of the story because it's a happy ending. Yeah, I'm trying to wait. Uh, speed it up. Right. Right? So we we roll in, we look at the seats, and it says section one, level A, row one, seats one and two. We were like, what the shit? It's the best seats we've ever had yeah. ever. Yeah. A1, all that stuff's good. Yeah. And we roll up to this like little plateau right behind the catcher, and we look, and there's all these other people in wheelchairs, but they're all kind of healthy looking too. But they're in chairs, so we kind of look over and they kind of give us this nod, like, "Yeah, you know." So we weren't the You're only ones. You're in the ones. club, yeah. And this so is there was, so there was the like fake, others like you, the fake handicap club. <laughs> That's a club I don't want to be. Meanwhile, all the kids over at St. Jude's can't get in. <laughs> right. Right. No. You took that ticket. Well, Mario has those handicap seats, and Does it's he? embarrassing. We show up in the fourth inning, bomb. We're like, "Hey, what's going on? Great seats, huh, buddy!" Like shaking hands with yeah. some fucking veteran who got his face blown off. So this was uh, this was the famous Mike. Nobody Piazza. wants to sit next to him because he has no face, right, <laughs> dude? This is the famous Mike Mike Piazza Roger Clemens bat throwing incident. So that was like we saw yeah. that right there. Yeah, he thought the bat was the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Fourth inning rolls around. Derek Jeter gets a hit. My cousin gets up, and I'm like, "No, man, you can't get up. You know, you got to play the part." And then seventh inning, he's like, "Dude," and I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Dude, I got to go to the bathroom." And if you've ever been to the stadium in the bathroom, normally, that never means- mind seventh inning, never mind playoffs. Dude's pissing and sink, smoking pot. You know. Yeah. So we roll him in there, and I just remember like him drinking roll- Bud Lights, <laughs> rolling up to like the. The stall, and it, when he tells the story, he's always like, oh, it was then I realized I couldn't go to a urinal and I had to go in the stall. And he just kind of like did the most amazing like fake slump into the, into the stall. It was amazing. And at the end of the game, we rolled out. The Yankees won. We were like, fuck it. Awesome. Ball game over. Yeah. Yankees win. No. Is that the happy ending? Yankees win. That's the happy, happy ending. He didn't, he didn't have to lie and piss. Here's the ending. So we walk out, and we throw the, the wheelchair in the car. We return it. End of story. Now, every time people hear the story, they're like, you're a degenerate. That's horrible. <laughs> Fuck you. But if you remember in the beginning of the story, my cousin scored that one singular wheelchair ticket. And we didn't know what to do with it. So by my house, where I grew up in Long Island, there's a place called Disabilities where they help people with wheelchairs. It's like a huge like disabled school. So we rolled up to the receptionist and we were like, look, lady, this is... Rolled good. up in your wheelchair? <laughs> no. I <laughs> <laughs> said that before. Too. We rolled up. Huh? We're like, this is going to sound crazy, lady, but... We have an extra free ticket to the World Series tonight, and we just wanted to give it to someone in a wheelchair. And she's like, what? And we're like, no questions asked, you know? And she's like, uh, and I'm like, do you know anybody in a wheelchair? And she's like, yeah, I know this quadriplegic dude, Jimmy. He's, he's a Mets fan. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> his life isn't bad enough. Who's got no use of who, any of his limbs. The best is you give him one ticket. Who's going to push this boy? Hey, what's your favorite team? The Mets. Well, <laughs> typical. And you yeah. got to go by yourself, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And so, Shit with Yankee fans. So we gave her the ticket, and she gave it to quadriplegic Jimmy, and everything's you know better. So every time people hear that part of the story, they're like, hey, you're not going to hell. It me. makes it a little better, uh, but yeah, not 100%. 100%. Don't, 100%. Don't make it right. Listen, I wouldn't feel bad. Like, it was a mistake. Anyway. Scamming tickets off the Yankees and the Mets. Fuck them. They 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 price everybody out of these games. No regular fan can go to the World Series or the All Star game. The All Star game was down the block from my house. I can't go. Fucking assholes. My, my girlfriend went. It'll be back in forty years. Sorry. Let's take a quick break. Yeah, let's do I that. Thank you. We need to take a break. Uh-oh. And since uh, I just realized right before the show, I didn't have any songs. Oh, good. Together, yeah. So that's always that's good. always good. And so here is a uh, a block of Chavez. <laughs> yeah. Touch that mouse. Live from Barrage, we'll be right back.
the last 45 seconds of uh, relaxed fit by Chavez. Apparently, it's just like noise and them messing around in the studio or something. That was a Chavez block. Tricky bastards. That's it still going? Yeah. See, you hear that noise? That's That means they're indie rocks. So we're back. Uh, what was I going to say? You know, in uh, a couple minutes, we'll have uh, Howie Huberman calling in, hopefully, and uh, he will tell us uh, things about I brought Guns N' Roses. Oh, you brought a book? What do you got? It's, uh, it's and you got to speak directly into that mic. Well, you it's, can adjust it. Yeah. yeah, it's adjustable. We got technology. <laughs> All right. Don't worry about that stupid windscreen. You can get rid of that if you want. <laughs> no, it's fine. I spit a lot anyway. No, this I is- mean, get up on it like you're, like you're, you know, you, yeah, yeah. There you go, sweet. Get up on it like you're gonna eat a sandwich on it. This yeah. is a. I didn't go to full sale. I don't know how to operate this machinery. <laughs> this is a book called Reckless Road, and of course for radio, it's a picture book. Good but <laughs> this is a book written by a guy named Mark Cantor, who your guests will probably know who that is. Okay, Mark Cantor. Cantor's Deli. Yes, that's right. That's I right. know Cantor's Deli. There you go. That's where I met uh, Stephen Adler for dinner. Ah, that's see. I knew I knew it even even closer to home than I thought. Yep. No, Mark Cantor was the son of this this the, the Cantors, and they they were it's like an old Jewish couple from Jersey in the fifties. They moved out to L.A. and they opened up this like cool, you know, diner, you know, Williston Park style diner. Right. But it it got really big, and um, basically in the eighties, all the all the hair metal bands would hang out there. In addition to this place called the Rainbow, which I'm sure your guest Howie, I think we may have. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Howie Hoverman calling you. Hey, there we go. There he is. How you doing, Howie? What's up, sir? Good. We're in New York City. Yeah, we're in uh, Queens, New York City. That's correct. Where are you? Have you ever been? Los Angeles, California. I'm actually born in Rochester, New York. That's kind of upstate West uh, New York. So is Woody's from Rochester. He's the Penny Arcade. No, he's from New Rochelle's, right? Penny Arcade. Believe it or not, I used to bounce at the Penny Arcade back in the day. Oh yeah, you a big guy? I do believe because I saw your picture. Yes, I and he looks like a big dude. Oh no, big enough. (laughs) Big enough. Uh, How tall are you? Uh, back down to five eight. I weighed about two hundred pounds. Right. I don't know, you look like a, like a sizable crazy man to me. Hmm. And that's a good, a good way, you know what I mean? <laughs> crazy is true. Howie, uh, how old a guy are you, if you don't mind? Uh, you know, I, I was 58 uh, in April, so I'm, I've got some years in my life and uh, living every one of them. Awesome. Nice. You got, the, you got a little bit of cash? You're living on the beach? What are you doing over there? I'm okay. We live in Beverly Hills uh, with my wife of that's, two years. She's originally from Kazakhstan. Mm. Okay. Oh, wow. So I married a woman from Kazakhstan. That's a That's, real place, huh? And how old is she? Uh, 14, 15? Who is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's 40 years old. 40 oh, okay, years old. she's 40. Awesome. <clears throat> how do you end up marrying a woman from Kazakhstan? You know, I went to a, it was a DJ event on Hollywood Boulevard out here. I have a close friend of mine that does DJ work. And they flew a, a DJ from New York and a DJ from Canada. About a thousand people on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, it was a one one-off show and Woke up in the morning at one of my houses, and there she was at 4 o'clock in the morning. My uh, roommate, who I rented half the house to, decided to invite a bunch of girls down there, and most of them were from Kazakhstan. Wow. <laughs> he had a thing for Kazakhstanian women. Nice. Yeah. Hey, man. Those are- They're beautiful women. Yeah. They're actually Asian women that speak Russian. Oh, that is hot. <laughs> I like that. The Pat Wall special. <laughs> I could work that into my routine. Uh, Howie, you're known ah. as the uh, the godfather of the Sunset Strip. Uh, is that is that fair to say? You know what? Back in the 80s, I used to manage a lot of metal bands or at least invested in most of them. And they used to have a guitar shop on Sunset Boulevard called Guitars Are Us. Guitars Are Us, right. Mm. <laughs> You're right about that. What are, what are some of the names of the bands that you managed? 
managed to work with. I, I managed Poison. Awesome. I managed uh, the Zeros, Tough, yep. Funhouse, mm. The Wild. Uh, I invested in a band called Guns N' Roses back in the early days. Ooh, never heard. They had two original investors. One was from Cantor's Deli. Well, and now he's the owner of Cantor's Deli. We were, we were just talking about that before we came back on the air, because that's where Tommy Rockstar, uh, Super Guns N' Roses fan who we have with us today, uh, met uh, Stephen Adler for dinner. <laughs> yep, yep. It's a great place. If you have ever a chance, if you're in Los Angeles, to eat at Cantor's Deli is a real experience. Howie, I've got a copy of Reckless Road right in front of me, the, the picture book that he, Mark Cantor put out. Ah, great uh, book. He's great the owner book. of the deli? Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, uh, what's the story there? Mark Cantor owns it, and his parents, uh, well, they're the real owners, right? Mark Cantor actually runs it, and he controls it right now. Huh. But back in the day, I think uh, his parents were still running it, right? Right, right. Uh, back in the, uh, so when you, got, how'd you come to manage Poison? Like, uh, I think uh, Vicky was managing them, and did she, like, sell you the job? I did a deal with Vicky and Hamilton. She was kind of fed up of it, and she had a young band called Guns N' Roses. She was just putting together finishing right. touches. Slash was just joining the band. Actually, Slash tried out along with CeCe DeVille That's for right. Poison. That's right. And CeCe wound up getting the job. And I was friends with CeCe before he even met Poison. So it was kind of a natural. Vicky wanted to jump off ship with Poison. And she said there was about $4,000 owed to her investor from Indiana. Mm. And uh, she said, if I wanted to manage the band, and I would pay off the $4,000. I could just jump on and decide what, what kind of road for them to take. And I said, well, where are they at? And they said, a label called Enigma. Yeah. I checked it out, and it was $15,000 total in recording the band, and they weren't willing to even give them a dime to tour. Wow. So That's I said, it's, a, it's a hard road. I went to see them, and I said, you know, there's something there. Vicky, here's 4000 And the next part was... I've got to go ahead and help her invest in a band called Guns N' Roses. Mm. So I think about $35,000 later into Guns N' Roses, she said it was twenty five, but I do remember getting a check from Geffen for approximately $35,000. That, that's so cool, man. So so somewhere did, between that. You did recoup your money from that. All right, there, there goes one of my questions <laughs> I was going to ask you. Right, yeah, I did right away. And she wanted up getting a job. She wanted with an A&R job at Geffen Records right. out of it. Right. I made a lifelong friend with Slash. I, I was always selling him guitars. Actually, I was selling a whole band guitars. But Slash uh, and myself, we go back to the early Les Paul days when I got him using Les Pauls, Gibson Les Pauls. That's, well, awesome. that's actually interesting. I, I wanted to ask you about the the Hunter Burst. The Hunter Burst is an interesting story. Back in the early days, uh, a great guitar player named Steve Hunter used to work for me. He was a guitar player on some of the great Aerosmith songs like Train Kept the Rollin' and all that kind of stuff. Played with, uh, with Peter Gabriel, played with Alice Cooper, with uh, Hunter wow. Wagner. It was a great duo. They were the great guitar duels of all times as far as rock and roll goes. Nice. Anyways, Stack he bought musician. a guitar that was a handmade Les Paul copy of a 1959 Les Paul, which became known as a Hunter Burst. Mm -hmm. I bought it back from him. Slash came in one day, and Slash goes, I love this guitar, but I don't have a nickel. And I said, Slash, will you pay me for the guitar eventually? And he said, yes, of course. <laughs> I said, Slash, I'm going to give you the guitar. Don't lose the guitar. Okay. Gave him the guitar. I have a follow-up question. And the next thing I knew, it wound up in a pawn shop in L.A. Uh, so that, uh, that was my question, I guess, was uh, do you know where it is? And did, did Slash indeed sell it for drugs, or did it get, quote-unquote, stolen, as you were told, I think? 
No, I think what happened was he, he needed the money for something, whether it be, I don't know if it was for drugs. I think he just needed to pay some bills. I, I think the so reason that Mike says that getting is money be, for it. because, uh, you know, growing up here in Queens, we have a lot of friends who, like, you know, all of a sudden their equipment goes missing, yep. and, uh, you know, it, the place didn't really get robbed, if you know what I'm saying. You know, I that's between me and you, Howie. Don't, you know, don't go around <laughs> saying that. <laughs> Howie, which the ironic, how do you the think, ironic thing about the Hunter Burst is after he lost it, he came back to me for another guitar made by the same guy, a guy named Max, okay. who now creates great, great Les Pauls. But he charges between thirty-five and sixty thousand dollars. Jesus, H- at the time Christ. I sold him my personal Max Les Paul for twenty-six hundred and fifty dollars. Is that wow. is that Max Baronet? Max Baronet, correct. Peter Max. How are you, which did you prefer working with more back in the day, Guns or Poison? You know. Vicky did most of the work with Guns N' Roses. I love the band, and I love the work that Vicky did with them. Right. Uh, Poison was a lot of fun for me because it was a fun band, and they really, really, really worked hard. All four of those guys were hard, hard working. There guys. seems to be a, like a common thread in the bands that made it, and I don't mean mm. this. You know, I mean you could you could laugh and say hair metal bands, blah blah blah, but Guns N' Roses, uh, Poison, except for maybe I don't know. I'm no bass expert, Bobby. Most of these guys could play. Like, they're players. CC DeVille could play, Slash could play. And that's the bands that made it. And the bands that had the same look and the imitators, bullshit, right, right. Who couldn't really, you know, you know, play their asses off didn't seem to rise to the top then. Is that fair? Is that Am I, am I making any sense? That's a, that's a fair thing. I mean, there were great bands that were incredible musically that just never had any songs or right. they never pushed themselves or didn't know how to push themselves or had no management and no direction. They just never made it. But there were, you know, there were still great bands in the time. And timing, The reason too. why Poison made it, with or without me as manager, they would have made it, because they had a lot of perseverance. They had good songs. They built up an incredible following in Los Angeles. The only thing I wound up helping them with is figuring out how to get that following he built up in Los Angeles and take it across the United States. And it was very, very hard at first because they did not have a label until Tom Wally from Apple Records came to a show one day and made a deal with me and poisoned everyone else to go ahead and get them directly through Capitol, and that's when they exploded. Now, Capitol Records would be the place to go, but then the Guns N' Roses ended up signing with Geffen, and uh, Capitol Records like, were kicking themselves from missing the boat. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of labels were. Yeah. Uh, Peter Philbin, at the time, uh, he was with another label. He had a a really good chance to sign Guns N' Roses and just never did it. Vicky wound up signing him with Geffen. Uh, Tom Zutat was actually the right. signer that did it. Um, it wasn't a huge, huge signing, but they put a lot of time and effort in the band, and once they figured out the radio was going to be all over it, they really figured out you know who's going to produce it, how it's going to happen, put out a little EP before time, give them some street cred, and let them do their thing. I mean, I remember Vicky taking them out to... Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and they played to 50 people wow. back in the day where they were selling out yeah. the Whiskey Rock well, and everything else. And you know what? Those are 50 uh, people and that you couldn't get paid. So. For me, for me, the difference is the difference between Poison and Guns N' Roses. Poison was just fun and great, and at the time, like really, they nailed like that, that, the great look, a good sound. But for Guns N' Roses, it was just a, a change in 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 the in the fabric of American music. Everything just totally new look, new sound, totally badass, but you know, not fucking it was too heavy. The where the average person.
person couldn't get into it. It's just that they made a really big impact um, when they came out for them. It's totally different from Poison. Well, there was the glam. Axel did have the, like the kind of glam look in the Hint first video yeah. in the Welcome to the Jungle videos. Right. Right, and then they, 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 I guess they ditched that or whatever. Are there like a bunch of people making these decisions behind the scenes? This is incredible. Guns N' Roses made a lot of decisions for themselves. They really had the music, and the producer only enhanced it. He did not change it around. I mean, there were right. some changes like Sweet Child of Mine, and I know the people that put the changes in. And I kind of won't talk about that. And Guns N' Roses stood around and they allowed it because they thought it did make it better. And Listen, they, they, they knew how to make the right decisions between the members of the band that were the original members uh, and the record company. They made almost all the right decisions. I've heard those demos, like '86 demos, '87 demos, and they're just the really raw and, and just they just stripped down versions of, of Appetite. They're just great. So you're absolutely they're right. They're pretty and, much the same, Tommy. Yeah. yeah, the recording quality is just like you know them setting yeah, up no, a mic I mean, in the, the middle songs, of the room. The song arrangements. Oh and yeah. Stuff. Let's go back a second. Like there's a you know first of all Guns N' Roses before they were Guns N' Roses, they were, members were in the Hollywood Rose and other members were in LA Guns and so on, all different incarnations, sure. right? So. For example, uh, Howie, I'm sure you've heard the, the original demo version of November Rain before it made it out years later. Have you ever heard that acoustic version? I've heard almost all the versions. In fact, one of the demos they made, I think we made it at a place called, uh, oh, it was called Amigo Studios. And really? you know, a lot of people that were listening to the original versions of everything, they didn't like it. They didn't see it. There was no real vision. It took Vicky a lot of effort to get people to actually get into it and see the live shows and understand that with a producer and with the right sounds that it was going to be a smash album and it was a real smash album. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, their raw sound, that's what I'm saying, their raw sound was just amazing. And, you know, Guns N' Roses 2 played a really small small amount of people. And there's video footage now you can see of them playing in the CBGB's gallery. for a Well, it's better crowd. to play every yeah. day than to not play. And bands like that, uh, the Beatles you know, did they would, it. Yeah. They would play every single day. And it's... It, 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 <laughs> Excuse me. The uh, uh, you know a uh, parallel scene would be to compare them to like Twisted Sister or something like that, mm. who, who was here on Long Island, right. just playing every single night wherever Mars. they could play. They didn't care if there was two people there or whatever, and and eventually they uh, they hit the big time. So you know, as the kids say, what was that like? How in, in that scene in that period of like in the late eighties, Motley's big, Van Halen's huge. You know. Everyone's trying to make it. Like, uh, what was the strip like back then? Say from you know '86 till '89. It must have been really cool, huh? It was cool. You know, they had its hits and misses. Uh, Miley Crew. You know, when Miley Crew hit the stage, like at the, I went to see them in the early stages when they were at the Roxy. Wixen, yeah. They already had some notoriety, and the sound was so bad. I, I almost just walked out of there, and you know, but I, I stayed because you know the band was good. They had some good songs. Uh, and they were about to, they were about to break, and Vicky Hamilton had something to do in the early days with Motley Crue, also. Wow, but uh, but lifestyle wise, though, what was that like? You know, is it true like all the stuff we read in the dirt, all those crazy parties and all that, and everybody hanging the rainbow? Was it really like what it, what it was made out to be? Or myself and Vicky, we we did a lot of shows on the strip, both at the Whiskey and the Roxy. There were some nights where we were doing both the Roxy and the Whiskey on the same night. The Whiskey back in the late 70s, early 80s, went punk, and there was a very bad stabbing in there, and they closed down for a while. So the only music they would allow for a promoter to do at the whiskey was glam or heavy metal, huh. no punk. Wow. So myself and Vicky had a great opportunity through Mario to go ahead and do a lot of shows at the whiskey for the right price because they were just reopening. So we did all our bands. We would do Poison there. We would do 
uh, Salty Dog, which is one of Vicky's bands. Right. We would do anything that would draw people. You know, back in the early days, we, we, we jumped upon, you know, any chance we had to, to put Guns N' Roses on the strip, we would do it. Any chance to put them at the Troubadour, we would do it. I mean, we overplayed the bands. And by overplaying them, you know, we kind of kept the following down. And then all of a sudden, we started doing less shows and people started showing up like crazy. Mm. And pretty so, soon they were just selling out everyone on the strip they were playing. I want to hear about the, they, they all, at some point, Guns N' Roses, except for Duff McKagan, they all lived in Vicky's one-bedroom apartment when they were before the record deal happened? Yeah, they, they didn't all live there. I was paying the rent. It was Jennifer <laughs> Perry. Uh, who actually started OzFest with Sharon Osbourne. Oh, okay. She and she Avalon, was Vicky's roommate? promotion yeah. thing there. And uh, we had a little apartment that I paid for <laughs> downstairs right next door to the Whiskey. Wow. And every other day, I would have to come from my shop at Guitars Rose on Sunset, drive down there in the middle of the day to break up either a fight or anything that happened because <laughs> they always got in arguments, and the arguments were almost always about absolutely nothing. Right, and there's a <laughs> big fights between uh, Axel and, and, and Adler fighting in the middle of the room and stuff like yep. that. And what what goes on in this whole, in, in this in this uh, apartment? I want to live in this apartment. It's just like twenty. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think you do. I don't think you do. People in the apartment. I know I was paying for it, but there was at one time there was probably four or five people living there. Yeah, and probably there was up to ten people living there at one time. Right, twenty year old me wants so badly right. to be live in that apartment. It sounds like a blast. <laughs> Howie, what was it like? Uh, Hanging with Axl Rose, what was his persona back then before he made it? Was he way more humble than the like the what we hear these stories of a crazy egotistical out there kind of dude later in his life? Was he honestly the, the whole the whole time that Vicky was managing the band and I put money into the band the whole time? I probably had less than forty words with Axl. Huh? Really? My my biggest contacts were Slash and Izzy right. and Duff. And even, you know, Steven, I mean, we're all friends. I mean, even to this day, I'm, you know, pretty tight with, with Slash. I don't talk to him a lot, but when I see him, he sure, you know, reminisces about the old days and guitars and asks me the right questions. I give him the right answers. Uh, ran into Izzy the other day on the strip and uh. gave me a big hug. He looks great. Izzy looks great. He's, I don't know, you know if you know. Really well built. Where were you three years we, ago? We have a guy here. Uh, his name's Tommy Rockstar, and he he was on a quest, a quest so huge that eventually someone made a documentary about his quest to get every auto, Guns N' Roses autograph on his arm, which he now has achieved this quest. Every so original five. The last. Tattooed. The last, and so he got some tattooed on his arm, and the last last one was Izzy, and he spent like the last year, four years, four years trying to, you know, yeah. following around, listening to tips, because Izzy's like elusive, you know? And uh, reclusive. Yeah. <laughs> we, man, and then we, you just run into him on the street the other day. That's great. <laughs> you see Wait, as soon as you said that, you know, Tommy's face just dropped. Last night, I, last night I went to a place called the China Club. It's the 25th grand sure. anniversary yeah. of the China Club. They reopened it. A guy named Steve Scarduzio and Chris Wally reopened it. I went down there, and I actually hung out a little bit with uh, Gilby Clark, who was nice. one of the, you know, the, the, the latter members of Guns N' Roses, and Gilby's a great guy, and we had a lot of fun together. He came down to the jam. I didn't stay a real long time. I don't know if he jammed or not, but it's always good to see him. He's just a really That's good cool. guitar player and a really nice guy. I had Gilby on my arm, too, but uh, I put the pole up in the, the fence and <laughs> let go. He had, to get Matt's, he had to get Matt Sorum's name lasered off his tattoo. Hey, uh... <laughs> Do you have any uh, opinion on who smelled the worst in that apartment? Who, which member of Guns N' Roses? Was it you, Vic? You know, it's funny because the apartment was never in ill array when I got down there. It always looked okay. Oh, I mean, they I think knew you were coming. Because like, Jennifer coming. and Vicky, they kept it really nice. So. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm just picturing like... 
just shit everywhere. Like, yeah. you know, the inside, there's something you'd put on the inside sleeve of an album. Like John, the, the hotel room. With John, you've read The Dirt, right? Uh, I have not read The Dirt, oh, the Motley a, Crue book. I know everyone keeps telling me to read it. You should. It's great. It's basically the, my I, vision of this sounds like what's going on in The Dirt. Go ahead, Herder. I will, I will tell you one thing. When I took over the Poison Project from Vicky, they were all living in a kind of a bad area of town, on, I think on Washington. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like by Venice, but in a bad section. They all lived in a, like an industrial place where they rehearsed. Everyone lived there except for Cece. The three guys lived there. They were so broke, they were made getty out of noodles and ketchup. And Bobby yeah. Dow was cooking it every day. I've done that. By the way, if, if you guys don't think that Bobby Dow is a tough guy, because the way he looks, he seems like the again. toughest guy in the yeah. band. Actually, yeah. no, I, I don't think I'm messing with him. I think he, I think he looks pretty. Uh, I also beefy. think that I, I w- imagine because you said they live in a bad neighborhood. Imagine that poor son of a bitch that broke into the house or something. You know, you like mean, Bobby, do you mean? I think because I, I, my Bobby Doll seems like a tough Pennsylvania. <laughs> you see Pittsburgh. four guys dressed like girls and then they kick the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that happened next to my guitar store with Bobby Dow. He was walking down the street. I think he, he might have had some makeup on from the night before. Mm. And uh, some guy gave him a whistle and a wink <laughs> and went into his Porsche. It was one of those T-top Porsches with the T-top missing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby, took a, Bobby took a brick, went over to the guy, looked at the guy right in the face. He goes, so what was that again? And the guy made a gesture. Before he could finish the gesture, Bobby took a rock and smashed it on his head, and the guy just drove off. Holy oh, shit. I couldn't believe it. Wow. So, there you go, Bobby Dalla, murderer. No, you, you don't want to mess with him. Back in the early <laughs> days, he was 135 pounds of spit and vinegar. I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking about the guy in the Porsche. He got smashed in the head well, and he could drive away. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> fuck with him. CC DeVille was from Brooklyn, right? Yeah, he's no, Brooklyn Bronx, guy, right? the Bronx, I think he's from. Yeah, CC DeVille, the Brooklyn cowboy. Oh, I okay. talk to CC all the time. I talk to him probably at least once every couple weeks. Which, Does which he sound like this? Does he have a really deep voice? He's living in Orange County. Can you, oh, yeah? Can, Orange County, New York? Or no, California. California? Oh, okay. Can you just tell no, him? No, he lives in Orange County, California. Oh, okay. Can, Can you tell him that I think that his appearance on Rock and Roll Jeopardy was one of the finest pieces he's of, great. Of, of television I've ever seen? He's great. His accent is he, awesome. Like He's like he's, he, a plethora, he's a plethora of rock and roll knowledge. Right. Yeah, he's a smart dude, man. He, he's, he's, he's no, a, he's a very smart dude. Hey, is there any? Can we get him on the show? <laughs> yeah, he, he would. He, yeah, you let me know. He'll do a call. He'd love to do it. Probably. He's a great guy. He really is. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a normal dude. So I like. Him. Let's see. Um, so honestly, no bullshit. What was your favorite band of the era that you hung around with in the like? Let's say the eighties. Musically, you know, I, honestly, well, not through the eighties. Let's talk early nineties. There was a band I was involved with for a heartbeat that I really wanted to work with. They were out of Chicago. They were called Life, Sex, and Death. Oh yeah, not. And there was a singer named Stanley. And we have a lot of Chicago listeners. Maybe they'll know this band. Was Steve Albini the, the band? was. What, you know, it was called Life, Sex, and Death. Okay. They were out of Chicago. They came out here. They finally got a, uh, a deal on Warner Brothers, a good-sized deal, too. But they fell apart because the management, even though it was a heavy management, went from a friend of mine. They were supposed to go with me. I was supposed to partner up with a place called H- HK Management. But that just never happened. Actually, HK managed Poison for the longest time, too. They probably still manage Poison, I believe. Okay. Long story short is it didn't work out for them, and I never went with the band, and they kind of never went anywhere, but I thought it was a great, great band with a great, great direction. Just no one else saw the vision that I saw. Yeah, and that, ha- that's what, that happens. Go ahead, Ryan. What, uh, 
Is there any band out there today that you feel this way about, or even close to it? It seems like a lot of people are having trouble falling in love with the music. That's well, the, there, the big record deal is dead now for rock and roll. Will, yeah. Can we say that? I mean, there's, it's not. I, like get, I got, I got, I got an interesting story for you. You know, all the time. You know, my big success I had was in the mid '80s, uh, early '90s. Although I've done a couple things that you know, I don't really. Uh, publicize in the last, you know, 10 years, and I just had something to do with it. Hey, publicize it now. You f- almost got a paycheck. You're 58. But back in the mid-'80s, everyone whose brother was calling me that knew me to help them sign their band to do this and do that from, right. oh, boy, you're out, in, you're out in New York, so you would probably know about a band called the Good Rats, correct? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Wow, we just talked we about that. We were just them. talking about last week, Pepe uh, Carmichael. Pepe died, yeah. He, he Pepe passed away, yeah. was one of the reasons, and the Good Rats are one of the reasons I actually got into the music business. Wow. Oh, really? The Good Rats Long yep. Island uh, Long Island band, right? Staple. Yeah. They were it was a great band, amazing band. There was no other band like that band at it, all. It's a shame one of our normal co-hosts is, uh, who's not here tonight is one of the biggest um <laughs> uh uh, Dave, yeah, Dave, he's yeah. a good, big Good Rats fan. Big but uh, the Good Rats were another band that were a working band. Like if you worked on Long Island, you played every every night, and that was it. You, you played yep. to one person, you played to 50, you played to 2,000, it didn't make a difference. Yep. Did you ever live in New York, in New York City? Never New York City, always upstate New York, Rochester, New York. But I was a promoter out there as a teenager, and when the Good Rats used to come to Rochester, I promoted a lot, about ah. probably 50% of the Did shows you ever promote I promoted any, for. promote any shows at the Rising Sun in Yonkers? No, nothing oh, like that. Oh, All upstate stuff like <laughs> RIT and... Some of the clubs out there, there's a place called Elliot's Nest, there's a place called the Orange Monkey, Red Creek, hmm. uh, you know, any, anything that worked, the Penny Arcade, of course, too. I'm just trying to think of uh, the things that my our, our resident expert, Woody, who's not here, would know about. Uh, <laughs> we used to go to a place, I think it was on Long Island, called My Father's Place. Oh, yeah. We used to fly up there to see the Good Rats all the time. We were sure. big fans of the band. Didn't yeah. the Ramones I used to play fly up there yeah. with no. like, famous people mm-hmm. from... Rochester, New York. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard of a place right? called Gold's Gym. It used to yeah. be in Long Island also. Oh, yeah, really? Okay. Roslyn, Roslyn. Gold's Roslyn. Gym was a big, was a big uh, uh, physical fitness uh, franchise. The original guys from Rochester, New York, and he used to kind of sleep on my floor for a while uh, in Rochester, New York. But he came out here, he bought the franchise, and he must have sold the franchise for... Hundred million or plus, who knows? Wow. But it's unusual. We used to all go together to see the Good Rats. You wouldn't yeah. let him sleep on the couch. Uh, I think he slept on the floor. He's a big guy. I don't think he sit on the couch. The, the, good, the good Rats had <laughs> the Good Rats had a couple songs that charted, but never the uh, you know the, the they're hits no white they trash. Deserved. I also like the fact that I can hear our guest smoking on what I don't know, but what? I like it. I can hear him smoking. And I, 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 Are you I, smoking I, right now? Me? Yeah. Never touched a cigarette in my life. Okay. You're not All smoking right. weed? <laughs> no. Right. Are you vaping? Not me. Right, so how you, you, sometimes, you, I, sometimes I would drink myself to oblivion, but never smoked a cigarette. <laughs> how are you Very still good. sell guitars now and stuff? You're yeah. dealing that business? You know, I still do. I, I, I sell guitars to uh, you know anybody and everyone. I, you know, I got involved with a deal the other day with a guy that actually kind of used to work for me in the city named Brian Setzer, who's originally, again, from Long Island. Never heard he of him. He used to fly up to Ryan. You saw, well, the Stray Cats. I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. Just York, kidding. I was kidding. We know. We and uh, <laughs> used to sell me guitars. And then when he came down here, we used to buy and sell guitars together. Hollow body Gibsons. Well, we used to play those. those big Gretsch hollow bodies and stuff, oh, Gretsch, right? Yeah. I don't Gretsch know. Gretsch 6120. In right. fact, recently I had one of the original ones, offered it back to him. He didn't want it, so I put it on eBay and I sold it. Uh. 
So, Howie, do you ever go to Nam to like uh, wheel and deal over there in in, uh, in Anaheim? <laughs> Tommy's question. Last time I went to Nam, I went with a friend of mine, a guy named Dick Dale. I was oh, helping yeah, him. You don't talk sure about Nam, man. Not that Nam. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Dick Dale wound up getting the uh, the guitar player award of the decade. Huh. At the Nam show, and I just wanted to make sure everything was good for him. Awesome. I, I spent the whole Nam show with him. Actually, spent on one of his. He's got two yachts out there in uh, Newport Beach. <laughs> yep. Any surfboards he on me, there? Fuck gave me one Dick- of the yachts to stay on while the Nam show was happening. So I said, I'll stay for the whole Nam show. Well, I actually. <laughs> How uh, does Dick Dale does, have not one but two yachts? Yeah. Does Dick Dale surf? I think is the question we all want to know. Yes, thank you. I Dick actually, Dale had a couple hits back in the late. No, 50s, we know who he 50s. is. Did, does he actually surf? Uh, Dick Dale, until he had an accident with his, one of his legs, did surf. Wow. Mm, okay. um, he's known as basically king of the surf music. Like yep. Anybody yeah, plays of course. surf music right now, their big influence would be Dick Dale. I actually, I actually print his t-shirts, believe it or not. He's a good friend of mine, my friend Jake, and uh, he's told me some pretty crazy stories about that dude. That guy's out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he hasn't been doing great physically right. recently, but he's on the road doing it. He's on the road as we speak even. He plays as many shows as you could possibly play. For a man that really, eh, I don't know if he needs to play right now, but he loves playing and he'll continue to do it. He's well, the about, merch, you know, I he's, think he's seventy-two or seventy-three right now. Right, I'm sure he makes a bunch of money on uh, t-shirts or whatever else he's selling there. You yeah, know? Reason, that's probably a reason to go out on tour. You, you know, if you could bang a couple grand. Hey, Dick Dale for president. Yeah, yeah. The reason, stickers. The reason I asked about the reason I asked about Nam was that's actually where I'm the guy with the tattoos. By the way, uh, uh, that's where I met uh, Duff and met Slash at the different signings, and that's where I scored, you know, a, a few of the five uh, on my quest or whatever. So I was wondering if you were ever out there when I was running. I was. What was it? Was it this year or last year? I went uh, 2009, 2010, and 2011. So I haven't been back since because I got I got Axel at uh, the old CBGBs, the John Ravedo store, and I, I met Izzy. Uh, after all that craziness uh, at the Hard Rock Hotel during the Guns N' Roses residency uh, in November. So just three times I've been out there. Yeah, He's got a new project he's doing with a few friends of mine. I can't really say anything about it, but he's going to pop up again, and uh, he's doing really well. He cool. really. I is. like those Izzy solo albums, uh, yeah. or the one, at least. It sounds like uh, Keith Richards' solo or something. Yeah. You know? How we do you talk about the, the Juju house. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like Keith Richards yeah. meets the replacements or something. And good. Le- he's been putting yeah. out a ton of stuff. He just doesn't tell anybody. He just puts it up on iTunes, you know? Just, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's got a ton he's of a, stuff. He's a talented guy. He's a talented hey, guy. Hey, Howie, are you into old Crocus? Do you, what do you think of the band Crocus? You know, I, I, I love the band, but, uh, you know, I'm not I, I'm not a heavy metal guy as such. I grew up right. from the 70s, so my favorite bands from the 70s would be, like, Lou Reed, uh, David Bowie. Uh, I, I love, like, Old Sticks. Uh, I love anything English-orientated, but breaking out of the United States was great. I love Bad Company. Blackfoot? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, big a, fan. You know, James Gang, I used to love James Gang. Oh, man, James, James Gang are awesome. We support James Gang. Yes, here. absolutely, 100% behind yeah. the James Gang on this radio show, yeah. goddammit. Howie, uh... Not big, le- big Leslie West fan, too, big mountain fan. What too. are you working on now? Do you have any uh, anything to uh, to plug, anything to tell us about? You know, nothing to plug, but the last thing I did is, you know, I'm really close with one of the guys I used to manage, works at, uh, works at Warner Brothers, name is Julian Raymond. He's involved with a lot of, he's one of the vice presidents, or used to be the old vice president of Capitol. But he's got this crazy project. There's this girl that's kind of related to a friend of mine, like a niece, that has 330 million hits 
on YouTube on eight cover songs. Wow. Her name is Maddie Jane, M-A-D-D-I-J-A-N-E. She's out of Illinois somewhere. Don't know too much about her. Incredible voice. Incredible talent. She just turned 14 years old. Right. She's going to be produced by a guy named Irv Gotti. Oh, very, oh, very yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah. Dude. He got, got involved producer. with a I, lot of people like Jay-Z and Beyonce. And just a great guy. And that project, even though I have almost nothing to do with it, will be closest to my next success story. <laughs> so. All right. So that's uh, that name again is... Uh... Maddie? Maddie Jane, M-A-D-D-I-J-A-N-E. Incredible singer. Go Incredible. check that out. Uh, thank you, Hannah. Yeah, you go to any YouTube things. You see she does mostly cover songs, and she doesn't like just a guitar or just a keyboard. She's just an incredible voice. And how they get 50 million views on a hit song that she redoes when the actual artist only gets 30 million views, right. I have no sick, idea. Yeah. But it's magic. Oh, amazing! Sounds great. We'll go. check it out. I know there are these uh, record companies who who figured out how to like, you know, manufacture views. I'm not saying that's going on here, but I'm saying that right. does go but on. But they haven't figured out how to manufacture sales. Right. <laughs> that's the one thing they haven't figured out yet. So. <laughs> that's a big part. Yeah, it's tough, man. Oh, yeah. I, you know, serious question uh, before you go. The uh, you know the what do you think of the whole uh, downloading the internet age? It's a new it's a new uh, it's a new frontier here. What are we going to do? We, you know you can't sell records. Well, Changed. it's wreaking havoc as far as the artists go because it's really not getting the props and the dues the artists deserve. Although there's a lot of artists that are reaping the teen coin from it. Um, it's 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 just it's a weird level. I think that the the major labels are in a frenzy right now. If the major labels don't take care of the old catalog they have and know how to go ahead and make money from that, right. then the new stuff that's coming out and the stuff they're signing is just not going to produce the money that they want to make out of it. That's why they're doing all these wraparound deals where they own merchandise and touring and everything right, else. Exactly. Because that's right. the only money that's left in the business. Yeah, there's no more... The money of songs is no longer. There's no more Tom Petty walking into like the uh, you know the the, the skyscraper and uh, signing a record deal, or Axl Rose walking into you know uh, yeah. Capitol Records or Geffen or whatever and signing yeah. a piece of paper. Interesting and... Tom Petty story for you. If you're, you're a Tom Petty fan, oh at yeah, all? yeah, yeah, love yeah. Tom, Petty. Sure, Tom Petty. Go ahead, love to hear. It. Tom Petty was rehearsing for the last tour last year in a place called Culver City Studios. I know it. All of a sudden, I got the word out that some guy came in and stole all his really nice guitars he was going on tour with. I saw that. And they were going on tour in five days. Ugh, sucks. Walked into a pawn pawn shop that I have something to do with, looked at one of the guitars, realized it was his guitar. And by the way, one of the guitars that was stolen was a 12-string Rickenbacker. Rickenbacker. Yeah, Rick, sold um, in 1980. I I wound up getting a hold of the road manager, and Bugs, who's his personal assistant, said, meet me at this pawn shop tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. We're going to figure out how to get all the guitars back. And he goes, you're kidding me. I go, nope, meet me there. Met him there, and within 24 hours later, the detectives got involved. We got all the guitars back, and we shipped them, and they made the tour just Holy in time. Holy shit. So you, you thank just, you, Rocket Cargo. You just walked into the <laughs> pawn shop and saw the guitar hanging there? and, and wasn't got- hanging there. He just bought it. And it was sitting on the ground. I looked at it, and it fit the description. It was actually a 1962 white SG special. I hope oh, you that's a nice guitar. What, <laughs> what did you go in there looking for? What'd you go in I went in there looking just, he just went in there a friend of mine who has the shop. He always has me come in and help him out with, you know, describing stuff when he puts it on eBay or whatever. I walked in. I said, hey, bad news and good news. The bad news is this guitar is stolen. The good news is you're going to get a reward because... 
they're going to track down the other guitars from the guy if you took taking you know the ID and everything else. And sure enough, the guy was one of the night watchmen at Culver City Studios. Wow! Gave up his ID and everything else. The guy was stupid. I, Lived I, in Hollywood. The detective went there. All the guitars were sitting there on the on the floor. <laughs> I hope Holy you told. Shit. I hope you told Gilby Clark the story. You know, because uh, pawn shop <laughs> guitars. <loves> it, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, I, I was going to get into how the the owner knows damn well that that shit's not. You know, it's hot. It's ah. like Bo Diddley and the Blues Brothers. Right. Yeah. In Detroit, it's worth right. 50 bucks. No, no, it's trading places. That's trading places. Ah, whatever. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Howie. I'm uh, sorry, we can't we can't do business in Detroit anymore. We're not going to get paid. That's yeah, right. They're going right. bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> bankrupt. That's, our, that's our next segment. Real quick, do you own a barbecue restaurant? I have a barbecue place. It's called Texas Best Barbecue. It's over in Studio City in California. It's a nice area. It's not in Texas? It's almost on the corner of Riverside and Laurel Canyon. And we smoke the meats with a huge Southern Pride smoker. Nice. And we're open seven days a week. What kind of wood do you use? You know, we use apple wood. All right. Wow. It gives a good flavor and it doesn't oversmoke it. Thanks it, for asking. You it, must know a little bit about smoking meat. Yeah, I do. <laughs> is it, is it vin- uh, how about your sauce? Is it vinegar based or like, what are we talking? The sauce is a vinegar based. We have two different sauces. One is a really hearty vinegar based, tomato based. And the other one we call a Rochester sauce, which is like a Smitty's and Sales Birdland sauce from Rochester, New York. And it's something I brought back from my youth back in the late 60s. It's kind of cool. Cool. Real quick, um, I, I, I guess I know the answer based on the name of the restaurant, but uh, it's, what it's state Texas, What Texas. state is the best? has the best barbecue? Or is it circumstantial? Well, it's got to be Texas' best barbecue, the best barbecue on the planet. That's what you... That's exactly what you based it on. I'm, I'm guessing it's you've been to Texas. Absolutely. And said this is right. original. You're original partner I had was from Texas. Within four weeks of opening up the restaurant, he wanted to move back to Texas, so I had to buy him out. <laughs> so. You're here to say tonight that North Carolina barbecue is crap. What? No, North Carolina barbecue is great. I love that. I love all. You know, I, I went. The only thing I was disappointed in, honestly, I went to Kansas City a couple times to that's work on some projects. One of them was called the Leo Project, and we did a couple shows with a band called Slipknot. Perfect. And while in Kansas City, yeah. I tried every Kansas City barbecue, and I was disappointed by all of them. I hope well, I don't get any hate mail uh, from Kansas City. It's kind of but it wasn't to, like uh, Memphis, and it wasn't like is, Carolina. Believe I'm, me. Is it hard to eat through those masks? Like you go out with Slipknot, and they're trying to eat those ribs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. The one show we played, we did an outdoor venue to about yeah, there's about fifteen thousand kids. We played in the sun as soon as Slipknot got on stage. It was raining and lightning, and believe me, they didn't want to refund the tickets, so they made them play through the lightning and everything else. It was pretty crazy. (laughs) I was pretty scared because the whole array, they had a time array on there, which is a PA-type system. The whole thing was blowing up while they were playing. Mm. (laughs) It's pretty funny. (laughs) That's hilarious. Slipknot almost died. All right. uh, (laughs) Howie, thank you so much for calling in. Thanks a lot, really appreciate it. Hey, guys, great, great doing the show thanks for having me on it and guys good luck if you ever need anything you got my numbers don't forget about funhouse because funhouse is a great band i'm actually gonna go see the guys tonight they're playing canters in a place called the kibitz room down there tonight. Oh, wow. the kibitz room yeah sure well uh give our love yeah. give our love to vicky and uh <laughs> what we were gonna say the only thing i was gonna say was if you uh if you talk to slash or any of your buddies out there let them know about this movie because I, those guys just signed me really quick and they just kind of ran off and yeah, uh, i think no one cares what's the name of the movie <laughs> it's called where's izzy one Fans quest for rock's most reclusive guitarists. Ryan, do you have any? Wow! To plug? So let him know about and, that. And who, 
Who did it? It's actually a guy named uh, Craig Heimson who did the... Martin uh, Scorsese. Maybe you heard of him. The Dick, He did the Dixie Chicks documentary. He did the Wavy Gravy documentary. And uh, he's tied to Barbara Koppel, who won a couple Oscars for some stuff. So um, it's it's getting edited now, and we're trying to premiere it over at uh, South by Southwest next March. But uh, I'm, I just love for the Gunner guys to know that this is happening. And so, you know, let him know. He's looking for an investor. That's why we had you call in. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we just, we just... My partner, Julian, from Warner Brothers, just did the... Uh, we the Campbell story. We'll he did a biography, right and he did the other one with a guy uh, named James uh, Keach, who did a movie called, he won Academy Award for Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash movie. Yeah, sure. So you know what? If you send it to me, I'll make sure it goes into the right hands. Can't make any promises, awesome. but I'll drop it in the right hands you. for you. We're making connections. Thanks, thank, you. thank you. Thank well, you. Howie, thank you. Great that's, interview. We appreciate it, man. That's what rock and roll is about. Making connections, hey, I, making friends, and then losing them. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I ask you one more question? And this sure. is a little odd and maybe a little uncomfortable. You could refuse to answer if you like. Uh, when you uh, finish going to the bathroom, do you stand up or do you remain seated? To go to, to wipe. <laughs> I'm going to keep that for myself. There no one knows go. that but my wife. All right. Uh, good man. Thanks, Howie. <laughs> if, you, if you ever find yourself in Flushing, New York, stop on by. Yeah, please. That's Howie Huberman uh, from uh, Los Angeles, California, the godfather of the Sunset Strip. Thank Be- you so best much, Best Texas Howie. barbecue. Thanks, guys. guys. I had a lot of fun. I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, All right, Howie. dude. Take care. Bye. Later. Let's see ya. Take, see ya. Let's take a break and uh, we'll be back after this. The block of Sloan for you. Yeah. Well, Sloan. Canadian band. In Canada. That's what Canadian means. Bunch of fruits, if you ask me.
And we're back. That's Sloan with Who Taught You to Live Like That. Uh, before that, of course, Money City Maniacs and uh, Unkind. That's all for Kazoo. Listening or supported live from the barrage. By, by the way, uh, Kazoo put the fucking funniest thing on our Facebook page since we started this show tonight. All right. And I can't explain. It. It's in u- It's a cover of In Utero with okay. with Mr. Goodbody on the cover. <laughs> Mr. Goodbody swimming for the dollar on the fish hook. No, no. In Utero naked? is the. Uh, the oh, the, the, I'm thinking the, of never mind. Sorry. Right. In Utero. Oh, right. The <laughs> like the like, like the human form or whatever. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I see that I have 115 Facebook notifications. I'm afraid to look at them. I, I don't know. I, I all I know is I liked it as live in the barrage. But Kazoo, I like it as me too. I just don't know how to do it. And by the way, Itchy, you're right. Ordering a gyro was the best decision of your life. I have a gyro at least three times a week, and as Mm. soon as I finish eating it, I feel like shit. But my God, that's a meat in a pita that I want to, you know... I, I want to know with you. The tzatziki sauce. My, my term of oh, endearment. Oh, I love that stuff. And the hot sauce. Put the hot sauce on that too. I it's cucumbery. It's it yogurty. Yeah, my, the lady my, makes it good. The guy, he's kind of fuck phones it in. My term of endearment when I eat a uh, gyro is I'm gonna go get donkey tacos. We have a. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's on there? We have a, sitting there for a fucking month. We have a Greek restaurant in the neighborhood that just this week had that uh, angry British uh, chef on, uh, ch- trying to change the restaurant. Up. Yeah, I know. Uh, Re- uh, was telling nightmares. me to make uh, make reservations because you could do that online. And I was like, yeah, do it. And I've been there. Like, it's a good restaurant. And then she was like, no, you do it. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not making an fuck effort. That. It's right across the street from your high school. Yeah. If I can't talk during the TV show, I'm out. I'm not just going to sit there and shove fo- shovel food into my mouth and they're going to edit me. I'm not ending up on the cutting room floor of Kitchen Nightmares. I am a company. <laughs> I don't play second banana, God damn it. You're going to kill your customers. <laughs> hey, who's this guy over here in my left? Is it Hello? Mario's here. Thank you, Mario. And uh, you know what? I think we should play a little game that we've been doing lately, a little uh, segment where Hairdo gives advice. And uh, I love it because Hairdo. Alden, am I here? Wait, I'm knocking on the door. We tried it on last week, and it was Radio Gold. I mean, we got to try again. What's it called, Hairdo? Uh, what's the beef chief? What's the beef chief? Uh, it's called What's the Beef Chief. Well, and, what time uh, is it now? Don't worry about it. You be quiet. St- yeah, don't Just you worry about it. It's my intro. Listen, you don't have to. I don't, stop knocking. There's a knock on the door. It's a quarter to ten. It's Mario. Don't let him in. All right. That's you may all continue. Right. That was our first mistake. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So Mario's here. And we're gonna, let's, uh, to ten. I have you a few questions Mario for is? you here, dude. I'll try to find them here. In my uh, email tapes. Okay. In your catalog. And uh, let's play the song while we're waiting. Karaoke I literally, uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to tell you what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> this I, I, didn't happen before midnight, did it? I can't find the play email and laugh at all. Midnight. What's the beef? Oh, no way. I know where it is. <laughs> yeah. What's the The beef chief. <laughs> the beef chief. chief. The 
I thought that might be a hit. I don't know. And as I'm recording it, Herod is texting me, and he goes, I'm on my way over. And I go, fuck, man. I got to lock the door. I hope he doesn't walk in while I'm recording. I, the I actually, I was sitting outside for like two minutes, and I didn't know it. I, was... I wanted to surprise you. And in the beginning, I was having technical difficulties, and I couldn't get, I'm like, why is it so loud? What's going on? And I just pulled off What's the Beef, Chief? Just for you, Chief. I appreciate it. Dude, the What's the Beef Chief song is like my new my I actually I don't know what, oh, stop I, I didn't I didn't I, I, I had a get on with the game. I had a that free night. Um You are missed Pat Walsh. Uh I'd like to say that I'd like that to either be my alarm or my like my theme song when I walk into a room. I don't know what I, I could want do it, it to better. Be. I could do it better and you could make it your ringtone or something. I, I, you could walk into a room and just and just play that on your way in. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Thank you. All it. right. Uh, what's the beef, Chief? Of course, uh, there's an advice column in the style of Dear Abby where people ask hair to advice via email, and he answers them. And uh, let's get I, on. Uh, I, I have no prior knowledge. There's no prior said, knowledge. I no. don't. And he fields the hard questions. Just we so do you not know. have a uh, team meeting to tell Hairdo what the questions are. He has no idea because it's always better to just hear Hairdo's unsolicited bad advice. I think, <laughs> I, I think that half a beer I just drank is going to go really let's well Put right your over the top. All right. What's the beef, Chief? Dear Chief, okay. these are real letters, by the way. None of these are made up. From who? These are real. Listeners. If you want to send a question to Mike Hairdo, uh, send a, your uh, advice to uh, livefromthebarrage at gmail.com. Put what's the beef, Chief, in the subject line if you're feeling nuts. I'm still laughing about the song. Dear Chief. <laughs> and I don't know why. Like, what's the beef, Chief, is a very female-centric Advice column. I don't think one man or has posted, but you know, I don't know. it's All funny because I, it's funny because I find America. myself to be female centric in my yeah. in my everyday doings. <laughs> yeah. I watch really, really to hang out with girls. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, get out of here, you sweaty bastards! All right, so I'm gonna, me and uh, Howie Huberman, we're gonna get a bunch of pros <laughs> over here. All right, you what's the beef, Danny? Dear Chief, my neighbor's dog shits in my yard. He's big, like like a Rottweiler. Rottweiler or some crap. What's the beef? Sign up to my ankles in Rottweiler shit in college points. Up to my ankles in Rottweiler shit. My answer is as follows. I mean, I guess the first reasonable response is talk to your neighbor. Until that, you smear dog sh- or if that has happened and you negotiations have failed, you walk up and you smear dog shit on every window in that house. Wow! And, and no, no, no. But you let the and then you and if you can get it on the inside too. <laughs> <laughs> so you, <laughs> so we have to break in and smear dog shit. I guess right? No, you, no, no. Hopefully you're a neighbor and you're invited in and you just bring the dog shit in quietly. You like come over with a bottle of wine and then in your back pocket may- you have like a whole bag of their dog shit. Maybe it's a neighborhood watch meeting and they're trying to figure out who's the it's, dog shitter is and it's you and you just have the dog shit quietly. I think in, in bed. Florida, if someone shits on your lawn, you're allowed to walk up to them, and shoot them in the heart, and that's be fun. Yeah. That's apparently right. the new law. It's stand your dog shit law. <laughs> Stand your dog shit. Yeah. Well, I, you got to. One of the big things in that whole state, you forgot to mention that they're from College Point, and you should come to expect that sort of thing from me and Abe. Well, I, well, I, I consider yeah. College Point dog shit island. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's, uh, you know, landlocked on three sides, yeah, it's well, an island. It's dog shit island. Cause hey, you want to go on? You want another one? Yeah, sure. Dear Chief, I don't have shit. I, wait, sorry, I can't read this person. So I'm, I'm, this is a, you know, if I if I was writing this, I put a big uh, uh, parentheses S I C parentheses the back of this because this person obviously can't spell or run their lives, and that's okay. why they need your help. Okay, dear chief, 
I think I don't have to shit, and then I shit my pants anyway. Signed, Jerry. <laughs> Sandusky? Jenny's from uh, Forest Hill. Is that boy Jerry or girl Jerry? <laughs> That's what it says, man. Like I just read what I get. The men, are, the men are asking for advice. I would change your sexual habits and get somebody who's into that sort of thing. Do you shit in your pants sitting down or standing up? Well, that's a good idea. So instead instead of stopping right, in, to shit your pants. Right. Instead of being embarrassed by it, embrace it, find a new sexual partner, the, and, and, and enjoy. The adult diaper fetish. I remember that. I tried to sell uh, diapers That's on right. Mario tried to sell the adult Do you really? on eBay. Yeah, I did he'll try. sell anything. It didn't work. <laughs> Much How, like the bobblehead fiasco. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. that he right. sells bobbleheads wearing diapers, as a matter of fact. Dear Chief, I want to quit my job, but I'm stooping my boss. What do I do? Confused I you, in Wilston Parks. I think you wrote these questions. <laughs> I totally did. I'm thinking. You're stooping your boss. I'm assuming this is a female. Uh, I, you know, know what? You know how ah, I, I figured it out. Hold on. I have the answer. Maybe the boss is a, the lady and the, and the guy's a man. Procure yourself a salary as a side piece. <laughs> Quit your job right. and say I will continue to work for benefits and same salary, maybe a raise, um, for doing sex with you. <laughs> and one more, dear chief, my coworker keeps leaving garbage behind my bar every Friday night at eight PM Eastern. How do I get him to stop? You wrote that. Don Rulahan in Flushing. <laughs> <laughs> Whack him on the peepee with a ruler. <laughs> All right, then. right on the tip of the peepee. <laughs> Answers you galore. Heard it, Ryan, next time, right, right, right on the bell end. on the tip of the peepee, you can play here, dude. Because I'm right, out. Right on the helmet. <laughs> don't touch my bell end. <laughs> and don't call me chief. That's right. Uh, that's what's the good job, Mike. Thank you. Here's what's the beef, chief, everybody. Yeah. That's nice. all me. That's great. Great song. No Pro Tools involved in any of it. Not uh, the original. But. <laughs> all right. So what else we have? I wrote down the uh, names of a bunch of bands. All right. Yeah, it's not a, justice. It's not a. It's not a game, but um, I think it'd be interesting, especially with the interview that we had. Do you fellas know where I could score some goofballs? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hey, here's Ryan. Scale of one to ten. It's something. Everybody just take a turn on this really quick, and I'll read the name of the band. Uh, which way are we going? Yeah, we'll go left to right, starting with Mike. Uh, just so, 10 is the best, 1 is the worst. This is your opinion. You tell me what you think of the band. All right, so the first one is Rush. Uh, I like them. Give a number. Uh, 1 to 10. No decimals. 7. Tommy. 4. Uh, can I change my to 6? Sorry. Sure. Uh, one. Six. 1. 1. 2. I, I give him a four, also. Oh! Uh, Black Sabbath, Mike. This sounds like a game for Nine. Uh, Tommy. Seven. Mario. Black Sabbath? Yeah. Depends yeah, on what... Ten, era. man! Black Sabbath rocks! Ten for Mario. Nine. Nine. Yeah, I give him an eight. Dio era. These aren't all going to be great. I'm some bad shit, but I mean, you know... I, right. I, I tend to take the entire uh, Heaven and Hell is awesome discography 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 discographies of the band into account, which is why, like, if you ask me what, even though the first Aerosmith album is supposedly great, I'd give Aerosmith a one just for setting rock and roll back twenty years with their bullshit. Right. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, it all depends on what you saw. <laughs> Run DMC, Mike. What do you think? Uh, probably. Well, it's a, you know, I hate this not being able to like graduate them into like categories. Uh, Run DMC. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hard. I'm going ten. Okay. You going ham? I'm going ham. Full, I'm, a, I'm going full ham. I'm not the biggest Run DMC fan, but just out of respect, they're a ten. There, you can't question that band. Right. Uh, you know, I used to hang with Run DMC back in the day. You did? In the house. Yeah, you, I had, uh, I had lunch at Jam right? Master J's house with his grandmother. That was mm. pretty fun. What? And Jam Master J was not home at the time. Is he that correct? Was home. I was interviewing oh. everybody. I, I'll bring the tapes in one day. Anyway, there. I, I can't help it because Russell Simmons introduced me to like these nobodies, and look at them now. Give them a ten. 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 Tens all around. John, uh, I'm giving. 10? No, I'm. I'm willing to give Run DMC an eight point five. Okay, uh, we'll round that up to a nine. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Yeah, I'll give him a nine also. Uh, what do you think of uh, <laughs> Mike? You too. What do I think of now you, you or you two? <laughs> Tree says, "Look at them now. One of them is dead." You yeah. <laughs> um, two. The other two I'm, guys I'm, are old. I'm gonna rate you two at a fucking even five. I know it's not an even number, but even in the distribution of the 1 to 10 scale. Right. Tommy? You too? I would say, uh, yeah, people give them a lot of shit, but they're pretty good songwriters. I give them about a 7. Right. What do you say, Mario? Well, uh, when you uh, two first started, I had them down as a 2 or a 1. Really? I did, because uh, we were into punk, and they were just like way after punk. And right. Afterwards, um, the Quiffy disposable heroes of hypocrisy went on tour with them, and I got to. I know. I saw them open up for them. I went to yeah. a Yankee couple Stadium. of shows. What? Uh, Foxborough. Really? Yeah. I saw Primus open for. And Primus was. I there saw that. I saw. I saw, pa- about, I saw Pixies. Too. Yeah. I think we did the zoo. The zoo. What was this? Europa, the worst bass players of all time Europa, tour, <laughs> except for Les Claypool. I was going to say the breeders. He's pretty. The good. breeders and fucking you uh, two. So after I, I got say, to like, you can't toast. say less like <laughs> It's like, hey, I broke, a, I broke the other three strings. Don't worry about it. Okay, so basically after I got to hang out with them, and now just based on longevity and knowing Bono and those guys, I would say a seven, eight. Yeah, probably an eight. It's coming okay, off. John? Uh, I'm giving him a straight up zero. 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 Oh, my. Goose egg. Come on. Zero love for you two. No Sunday, bloody Sunday. Her- heresy. Nope. Heresy. Nope. Zero. No, really? Zero. You're Irish, aren't you? Uh, some Irish in you? Zero. Just like this. What's the name of that uh, the singer in that band? Zero. The love. The love <laughs> the is not there. Okay. Yeah, okay. Crazy Bob giving them a three. Steve V giving them a six. How many? Liz posting Facebook uh, links that I can cannot click or else the radio show will explode. <laughs> <laughs> How many more of these want to do? Uh, a million. Yeah. Okay. Keep it up. I'll keep going. I can do this all day. Uh, let's go with one. Do a couple more, and then we'll go to the reverse Ryan game with Mario. Let's go. With Is Beast- that why there's no Ryan game today? Let's go, with Beastie Boys. Put it Don't in reverse. Don't even start with Beastie that. Beastie Boys. Don't ten. even start with that. Ten. Twelve. Yeah. Uh, uh, going tw- twelve. Uh, Twenty-six. Well, we got Mario here. <laughs> Look right. who you're talking Hair to. And uh, Tommy going ten. Ten and ten. Mario, without right. a long explanation, what do you think? Well, uh, when I first met the Beastie Boys, <laughs> a hardcore band, and I gave them about a seven or an eight as a hardcore you band. You gave them their break, Then right? as a rap Polywogs band, too. I gave them a poor one. And then after, again, longevity, and they outlasted the Squeeze Gang, that was rough. But uh, <laughs> oh, I outlasted the Squeeze Gang, so I have to give him props now. I give him, I give him a nine. I, I like him now. I thought this guy was like a local, local yokel neighbor that you just happen to know, but he, he knows, is, he knows but music no, pretty Mario well. Was a, a radio station guy. He's a punk rock guy. He was, right. uh, he Back grew up on all this stuff. I'm go see he was in a rap band, the Squeeze Gang Rap Attack, which really? was uh, he he rap. believes precedes the Beastie Boys. We were, but, we were. Our right. first show was before they went. Uh, rap. Are you what are your wow. tree? John, are you going ten? Uh, I'm going seven. Seven. I on love the, the Beastie Boys. Really. 
Yeah, I know. I know you think it's surprising, but I listened to uh, the uh, the Grasshopper Unit song the other day. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to include that, oh eight. no, 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 fine. <laughs> oh, if you want to cut apart, you know, like, if you want to go no, into and, the and then slices. there's the slight uh, early things. I don't. I'm giving them. I'm giving them seven. I love the Beastie Boys. Um, cookie puss alone, you got to. Well, give them seven's a high number. Give me a break. We're working on getting somebody from the Beastie Boys in here, and I, I hope to we can ask. Is, wow. is "Girls" the most embarrassing song, or was it "Fight"? I'm going. I'm going no nine. Anything Brooklyn? after "Hello." Nasty. I you know, just, and the just thing about a, girls is, as like, it's easy to look back at it and say, "Oh, this is a you know misogynistic uh, bunch of bullshit," which it is. But uh, Ad Rock, I think they always did it with a wink and a nod, right? And yeah. it wasn't even. And and, and give him a break. He's oh, eighteen yeah, fucking that. years old, seventeen, nineteen. I didn't like early rap. Yeah. I, didn't know, like, I, I gotta give I them mean, a high score only because after they got older and matured, it really <coughs> came to another level. Yeah. Tommy and I went and saw them yeah. in Amsterdam. Yep. Yeah. Together and that was the best fucking night, yeah, right Tommy. Here, right here. We went on twelve yeah. hours notice and we went and saw the Beastie Boys in Amsterdam. You guys know this? We, he turned to me one day at Jim Gardner's house and pointed to his laptop, and I'm like, "What?" And he just pointed, didn't say a word. And he just pointed at it like Travelocity page and hit click. And twelve hours later, we're flying to Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. I've yeah. seen the Beastie Boys maybe twenty fucking times, and yeah. they're great. They mess up a lot, yeah, but they're good. They didn't mess up in Amsterdam. I hear what you're saying. We had nothing to do with it. It's hard to remember all those songs. They were a great hardcore band. Without them, I wouldn't know you guys. Let's Let's change directions here. Tom Tom Waits, Mike. What do you think, Uh, Tom Waits? This is tough, man. I'm going to give him a fucking three. Three yeah. at best, you, three, and you're three also. Because I, I, it's very polarized the fan base. Yeah. Oh yeah, Tom people who love he's Tom Waits. He's got a couple singles I love, and he's not my. Well, thing. he right. covered some Ramones tunes and vice versa. So oh, I, I right. like that's the only reason he got the three. The piano's been drinking is a the, brilliant. The, my wife will appreciate this. Uh, that's how I test to see if my kids are sleeping when what? they fall asleep in the car, and I have to carry. I have to. They weigh like fifty pounds each now, and I have to carry them upstairs. But they, but they pretend to sleep so they don't. Have to walk, and then I just start singing. The piano has uh, been drinking, and they fucking start cracking. Well, Chatbox, uh, Itchy Magoo giving a uh, sorry, Fu Magoo giving uh, the Belch a five point seven. Steve V gives Tom Waits a seven. Oh wait, are we are still on the Beastie Boys. I don't even know. Tree gives Tom Waits a minus ten. F. Thank F. you, Magoo Tree. Gives Tom Waits a zero with hate. Fucks Bo. I give him Fobo. I give him five just based on the story. I you know what? I'm going Fobo. with you. I do, I do kind of like him, but I don't like get. Did Mario answer you? Uh, no. Who's it? Jim uh, Joe Walsh. Jim Morrison. Joe yeah. Walsh? Joe Walsh and Jim know, Morrison together again. Joe Walsh. What do you rate him? Right. So I'm giving Tom Waits a five. I'm with you, Ryan. The the I like a lot of Tom Waits songs, but the 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 catalog is so filled with shit. Yes. Yeah. Like it's just so much that just sucks that it's hard. Like you got to pick out those little. Good songs like Colonels of fucking uh, you know duties. Colonels of right. corn out of your duty. Exactly. Thank right. you, Ma- Mike. <laughs> no problem. I knew what you were going for. Because <laughs> I, I know. I know. And I do I, like. How about Tom Waits, the actor? Anybody want to give a uh, points on that? How I about enjoy, Jim Jarmusch, the director? I you know, yeah, I like him in the movie. No, no, no. He employs the crap out of Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah. Just stick Tom Waits in every movie holding a rabbit or some shit. Let's make it black and white, even though it's 1994. Yeah. I found this uh, white rabbit on the street. The best was uh, Artie once asked him when they were doing the movie Mystery Men. They were taking a shuttle. All the actors took a shuttle bus back to the... Uh, to the hotel after shooting every day, right? And so Artie's like Artie Lang is was this big Tom Waits guy, and you know he's like, oh, he was building up to asking him a question, and he finally asked him, "How'd you write Jersey Girl?" You know, and Tom Waits is getting out of the shuttle bus or whatever to the hotel, and he just turns around to me and goes, "My ex-wife's from Newark." <laughs> <laughs> Here's this beautiful song. He's right. like, "How did you, you know, 
dig down deep if I had my wife's from Newark. Newark. What a shithole. <laughs> yeah. yep. Quote Newark. that. All right, here's the next one. Wilco. What are you saying? Uh, you zero point zero. Zero. <laughs> Uh, Tommy, <laughs> I'm right there, man. One, uh, Mario. I have to give him some points because I again, Billy Bragg connection. Him. Once Billy Bragg worked with them, then I got to know him. And Mario's uh, friends with if Billy. If I know Bragg. them, I oh, yeah? can't. I yeah. say six. I'll say six. six. Okay, six. John, if you would have asked me ten years ago, I would have said like seven. And today, I'm saying one. Wow, right. Wilco's that bad. I, I, I like the first, Everybody not dies. the first Wilco Land. tape. The second will go tape being there. I like the rock and roll. This a lot of people don't like it. I like Yankee Hotel Foxtrots, right. and then uh, I bought a Ghost Is Born, and I almost jumped out a window of the train while I was listening to it on my Walkmans. How do you like what that a piece new Billy of shit. Bragg album I gave you? Everything you else is crap to. to it? Well, of course I listen to the Billy Bragg album. You haven't you listened to it. I give him a shelf. I give him right a three because I give him a three because for the longest time I pretended I liked them just because so many people I, who res, I respect their taste in music uh, also like well, those them, two so. albums are good. Man. But I just never, I, I never really understood it either. So. Yeah. Uh, here, let's go for some basic ones here. Let's go for um, the Monkees, Mike. Uh, five because of their handle with uh, Neil Diamond. Uh, there's not much history with Neil Diamond, believe it or not. A lot of people don't. Know I also that. like the fact they opened Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, he only the, wrote like one or right. two songs. I it, think. It, it, right, right. That's exactly. And right. Head the movie's weird enough where I'll give them a five. Right. I've never seen Head. You know that? I've seen. I've seen it. I, what is it like? I, the Sgt. Pepper's Jack, movies. It's, Jack it's, Nicholson and it's that's silly. Show, right? Jack Nicholson. You need acid yeah. to watch really? it. And Frank Zappa. You need acid to watch. I took acid as a young kid. I give Frank Zappa a zero. I give the Monkees a six. They're really great band and. You know, good songwriters, a lot Ooh, of poppy right. stuff. I like the poppy Who was stuff. their manager? I don't know. Uh, Howie Hubberman. <laughs> no, it was a big guy. Well, it doesn't matter. What you, what's, your, what's your answer? I, I Just because uh, they were cool when I was growing up, I'll give them a five. Okay. Steve V giving them a zero. Crazy Bob giving them a five. I'm going to uh, split the difference and give the monkeys a, a two. 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 A low two. A low what two. Do you like the banana splits? I'm going to give them a six because of one song, What Am I Doing Hanging Round? Yeah. Moving Fair on. enough. One banana, two banana, three banana, four. <laughs> uh, Mike, the, the archers. Oh, number 30, giving the monkeys a 10. The archers of loaf. Mm. Like, records. Sorry. Records four to five and live eight. Now remember, he's a get. There have been guests on your show, so. No, no, no. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm, that, that's why that does I, not factor into. Should not factor into no, anybody's no, no, score. No. Definitely should Bullshit. not. And I think, and I answered it honestly. Records four to five yeah. because there's hit and misses for me, but live they bring it hard. So I'm going to go with an bring eight. Bring it I, hard. I know you can't split the diff, but I'm going eight to. high. It's they, a high score. Six they're an, five then. They're, they're an they're, awesome. They're great live. Awesome. Tommy Rockstar. Awesome band. Eight flat eight. They're great. Eight Mario. I have to defer and say, who's Joe Walsh? Okay. He doesn't even All know. Right, who that's was. a wash. You know, John, I, I'm in the probably in the minority where I, I do love every Archers of Loaf album. I think they're all brilliant in their own ways. And uh, even like, you know, when they got to all the nation's airports, then they, uh, you know, White Trash Heroes, people like, I, saw, I didn't see the big great. difference in the transition between the last album and that one. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't see like, oh, they went some other crazy direction. I really didn't see that. I saw it as a natural progression of the band. And I really, really like Archers of Love. I'm going to give him an 8.6. You can round that wow. off to a 9. Okay. Yeah. I'm up there with you guys, too. I'm going to say around 8. Yeah, I can uh, say This is a quick one. No answers. Just everybody raise your hand if you think Ramones is a 10. Without question. Yeah. I, 10. Everybody can, can you go 10? They didn't start 10, as 10, 10 plus. Yeah. Everyone give the Ramones a 10. Right. <laughs> they started as a like a 2.5. 
Shout out to a 10. He's, he's, oh, and by the way, uh, yeah, Tree just pointed out the Eric Bachman shows. Uh, the crooked finger stuff. Not, Every not time, a fan. Not a fan. Really? A fan. No, Every no. time I've gone to see them, I like. There's one kind of not good album called uh, "These Arms Are Snakes" or something. No, not that's not it. Here come the snakes or some shit. And it's not that good. The rest of the albums are good, and I admire them going out there. And every time I've seen them live, which is like two or three times, they fucking brought it. So that fan is. I like his songwriting. Mike, what do you think of James Brown? Um, seven. (laughs) Okay. Six, seven. Somewhere in the air. Somewhere right there. I I agree. Six, seven. How can you not give him a 10? Did you say James Brown and both of those guys gave him a 7? Well, hold on. Because the band is sick, but, you know... I didn't even make a face when they said it. Mario? 10. Yeah, a million. As much as I can give. If I could give more, yeah. Can I take my wiener out and jerk off on the table right now? I know why you want to do that. Can we take a step back? What's the rating here on like how much we like them, how great they are? It's 1 to 10. But what? 1 to 10 what? It's subjective. It's music. Musical you output. To be. Of greatness, generally? Right, it could be... Well, whatever you want. I've Your never, opinion. I mean, like, gay lovers? The, the band is awesome. James Brown kind of didn't bring it live. That reminds me when I made late the game. to Mick How Jones does James the Brown get anything less than that? All right, anyway, go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> All right, let's go with the... Uh, his, let's go with the Sonics, Mike. Seven, eight. Tommy. Six. Joe Walsh. He's Joe Walshing this one. You don't know the Sonics, Mario? Don't you want me to pretend? You would love him. No, it's okay. You know the Sonics, Psycho? You got to factor all their hits versus none of their hits. Psycho! Do you want me to succumb to the oppression and tell you I know something? I know who they are. You're a very short-term memory. I give the Sonics a six. Yeah, I'll give him a seven. It happened go within seven. a period of said seven? ten years, and then I don't remember anything. All right. Uh, Tree Boy going with a ten. Uh, Stevie not applicable. <laughs> Kazuak. <laughs> Sacco. That's right, Stevie. Sacco. Sacco. That threw me Coming at you. said that. Sacco. Uh, what about Gang of Four, Mike? Oh. Um, me, personally? Yeah. That's on my like That's zero list. Zero. I can't wow. stand that. Okay, doesn't like uh, that sort of thing at all. I'm with Hairdo. No, I give him a doesn't two. Like it. Uh, well, uh, when Gang of Four first came out, like you had to be like listening. They didn't even release who they were. It was just a, like a, a mystery album, and uh, they were hot. That, the first album was hot, and that was a ten. And then I guess after you listen to them in retrospect, you go down to about a, a four or a three. I guess. Okay. Nine. Nine. I give it a five. Uh, wait, can I, eight. I want to change the. Oh, I'm sorry. Eight, it was eight, the eight psychedelic works. furs with the big mystery band. Not the Gang of Four was an influence on a lot of bands. You guys wouldn't think they would be an influence yeah, on. They were and, big, uh, you know, including uh, Nirvana and Shellac and that's, whoever else. That's good. Yeah. I like. I, not I, that that I, I, really. I, I love a good origin band, but I don't like the band. Right. That's right. my personal opinion. I think opinion. there's a lot of. St- well, the thing is, is for me, there's a lot of stuff I like that they do, and a lot of it's really just not that interesting. Right. Um, <laughs> Gang of Fourth no, Meal. That's our new sponsor, Taco Bell. Fire back in when they came out. Here's the Here's a short-lived band that, well, not really that short-lived, but I thought they were pretty interesting. I'm going to give them um, a six uh, to go with. Cypress Hill. Mike, what do you think? Five. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Six. Is that the guys who sing Instinct to the Membrane? That's right. And I have a reason for my five. Jump. Jump. I say, no. uh, I, okay, five, five. I want to hear you know Mike's what? reason for the five first, and then I I'll Because I'm giving them a five, too. I, I don't believe that they actually ever killed anybody. Yeah, of course not. Did they? Right, but, like, you know what? There was a point in my life when I believed that, like, maybe Easy e or MC Ren stuck a gun in some dude's face. 
Right. I don't buy that anybody in Cypress Hill of course not. was pushing anybody around with or without a weapon. Well, I, what do you guys think of gangmen for? Is that going to hire a... Gangmen for... <laughs> I saw, I saw, uh, saw Wu-Tang in Studio C at Sound One. They were working on a film called Black and White, and I'm yeah. pretty sure they did kill somebody by the way they were speaking. I wrote an elevator with like, like they six, were scary. six out of nine members of I Wu-Tang, and it was a fucking somebody. frightening, and Peter terrible... Wagner, Peter Wagner was sit, just sitting there mixing while they were all screaming their heads off. I was it trying was, to get Drez from Black Sheep. That Black Sheep album, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing... Uh, is pretty much every song. That's a, almost that's close to like a perfect r- fucking rap album. I don't know what the hell happened to him, but he's still around. He's oh, hanging right. out in Where Flushing. They're from Flushing. I, I did not know they were from Flushing until yeah. recently. Well, Drez is. At Pick least. it, pack it, stick it in your jacket. I'm giving Cypress Hill a five, and that's a that's generous. Yeah, it's it's mostly for just one. Album, they have a lot. It? It's, it's, it, it, well, I'll it's, tell you it's why. The album, uh, and they, they they just smoke weed the whole time, which is fantastic. I, I have another fine, answer. But what it did at that time for me was really phenomenal. Yeah, I you gotta have to. Be honest. You factor in like the summer. You heard it. The people you were hanging out with all that crap. Yeah. I have another answer. Also, why I like them is because they used the wizard. Uh, by Black Sabbath, the yeah. harmonica. Yeah, it ain't going out like that. Right. And that's fuck. That's a, what like that's. We ain't doing out. But that's that's digging deep sampling. Like that's 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 like lining up keys and things. And that's right. not easy. You know what I mean? Like it took it took some pretty. You know, and maybe I like the producer. He might be my five. Here's another. You know perf- I mean? This is a perfect polarized one right here. Shoot, it's, uh, Radiohead, Mike. No, I remember you from the- actually. Funny yeah, enough, the same thing for me. <laughs> They're a fucking two for me on record. But I've seen them live, and they're like a nine. Right. They are fucking awesome. Uh, Steve, Tom, Steve Tom, B agreeing with you. Uh, Tom no, Jones? Tommy Radiohead. Oh. Who's the band? Number 30 giving them a zero. Steve B giving them a nine. Uh, early, early, early Radiohead. Only a fan of, I would have to say, a two. Okay. Mario, Joe Walshing, this one? No, actually, I know Radiohead, and I'm with Tommy. <laughs> when I okay. first met Radiohead? I know, I know Radiohead, sir, and you're no Radiohead. I saw Radiohead and Belly play Roseland, and it was in, like, 90-whatever, one. It right. was awesome, but ever since. Radiohead is, is Mario, what'd you give him? Ten I gave him a two. two. I give him a one, and that's being really generous. I give him a generous no love. three, because there's one song they do that I love. Uh, they don't tell me it's Karma Police. I'll no, throw you right out of here. No, it's uh, Airbag, actually. <laughs> and uh, they actually do it. Uh, well, like Mixomatosis and things like that. Like those. Yeah, are I don't even know songs. what that means. Mixomatosis. Sounds like they're doing something I had that really on my foot know. once. I wore flip-flops in the gym. To me, it sounds like they're doing something really interesting. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, neither do they. <laughs> you guys are all humps. Neither do they. Um, did, did I say Steve Earle? If yeah. I want to go to sleep, I'll put on, you know, fucking Diagnosis Murders. <laughs> Murder she wrote? It's not even worth it, because Radiohead put you to sleep, but you have to stay up thinking about what the fuck is this guy at. Right. I'm asleep right now. Uh, did I say Steve Earle yet? No. Mar- uh, Mike? He has no influence on my life. One. Same. One. I, I don't even know who he is. Oh, uh, Just Joe Steve Walsh. Earle? We have a, I know who he is, he but Joe he has Walsh no influence on my life, I mean, like, musically. You know what? Right. You don't know who Steve Earle is? I'm the only person Walsh. in the room. You Joe right. Walsh is this one? Uh, you know, uh, so since nobody knows who Steve Earle is, um, you know. I Steve do Earl know who he is. Wrote Copperhead Road was a big hit when he was a kid. You know, Copperhead Road. You know, remember that shit? Anyway. Thanks. Thanks. For There's the, a couple uh, good Steve Earle albums, including El Corazon, uh, I Feel All Right, Transcendental Blues. Wow. Now his his output is is massive and there's a lot of crap in there a lot. That's like Tom Waits. It's but, like a lot of BS right, right. crapola. But I'm a, I'm, I'm on his side politically. That's not an answer. But it factors into my specific opinion. 
Right. Like I said, I do like those. All right, I'll, I'll leave that out. I like, I like those three albums. I think Steve Earle is a great talent. I think he puts out a lot of crap, and I will ultimately shit, man. This is tough. I, I I'm, I'm with you, uh, but the thing is that's different. Is that he helped Bubs get clean? Yes, hairdo the in the wire. The cat? No, he was like Bub's sponsor in the wire. You don't remember? Right, Bubbles oh, Depot. You the know beard. what? I, record, hey, I recorded yeah, some of those. Some of those guys. Maybe I recorded them. in your pockets, trans and they home blue. The music I know ha! by him, I think, is great. I'm going to give him a seven. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I can't give him less than a seven. I mean, he's he could be tedious, but. I filtered out all the garbage, ah, whatever God, that is. I, I just don't know that stuff. But. You guys. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, you listen you're to the stuff you like. You're still standing there is a fucking great tune. I love you're Mancock. still standing there. Uh, I'll go. Uh, fuck. Come on, answer Can I go six and a half? Question. Yes. All right, thank you. We'll okay. round it up. No decimals. Uh, Let's move on with the game. Fugazi. Ah, the game. I'm ready. Ten. Mike, Fugazi. Seven. Seven. Tommy. Looking up who Fugazi is on his phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go seven two. Uh, I, just because you guys always say that, so Fugazi, Fugazi. You call uh, yourself DC punk rock? Come on, if it's after nineteen ninety, doesn't count. They were in eighty eight. <laughs> eighty eight oh. band. How about Minor Threat, I say, Mario? I say you know too. Minor Threat or Rights yes, of I Spring? Do. Minor well, Threat the, actually played in a uh, Minor Threat is Ian McKay. He's the guy from Fugazi. I know who Fugazi is, but I don't listen to much of it. Right. I'll say, uh, just because you, uh, I know it's a big influence, I say four and a half. Five. Go five. Ten. I give him uh, eight on based on one song alone. This is John Hulan giving Fugazi a ten. I think this the waiting, waiting, waiting room Fugazi is the greatest fucking sounding thing I've ever heard. I'm going to give him <laughs> eight on that song alone. You gotta. That song blows compared to the, some of the <laughs> stuff I've heard the other stuff. Out. And Smallpox like, champion. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that in on the kill taker. They open up the album with a, what a, a Smallpox champion and like two other fucking songs. I can't. Who remember knows? Let's right. move on with the game. It's it's a, it's a gr- it's like the greatest opening of an album ever. You know who I like? Thank God. That that guy Dave Harrison and the mess around. I went to see them two weeks ago. I can't believe that. I went to see the Dave on Saturday. Has so much rock in him. Oh yeah, he's Man. he's ready to go. You're good, Dave. All One right. more. One more? All right. Uh, Guns and Roses. Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. Tommy Rockstar here, of course. Uh, ultimate Guns and Roses fan. Has the tattoos. Sorry, Tommy. Hang in there. Hairdo's thinking. We're going to go with Tommy tough. last, by the I, way. I'm actually going to I'm gonna give them, just oh, yeah. based on the first this. and second album, I'm going to give them a six. Okay. Mario? A possible, a possible with a possibility to make Tommy a seven. Tommy is not voting? I was, he's going uh, last because oh, okay. his opinion With all respect to Tommy, I was just... It was just too hair band for me at that time when they came out. I never really liked it. I hate that term. So that's what it was. I say I'll give them two because, you know, they've been around. I okay. guess they've played their licks. John, what do you think of Guns N' Roses? This is tough, man. You ever see the video for, uh, what's that song off of Use Your Illusions 2? Uh, no, November Rain. No, no, the other one where he's on the aircraft carrier. It's strange. Yes, yes. You ever watch that? Yes. And, like, sit around and wonder what people do with their lives? I wonder how much money Give that fucking money. stupid video cost and how it means nothing. Yep. And they're like, wow, you, at that point you that say to yourself, that kind of shit employs these guys, guys like me and the Ryan. Dumbest motherfuckers on the planet and their music sucks. Sounds like ska. So what I'm going to do is I think Appetite for Destruction is a fine, fine album. I think that uh, the other lies. stuff is spotty at best. Even lies. I, I don't hate lies. Lies is great. 
Well, as a kid growing up, I loved it. I played yeah. in my room every day on my fucking uh, you know, CDs just came out. It was great. Who is a, this? I had a crazy CD changer. It played two CDs at once. Do you guys know what he's playing in the background right now, by the way? It? It's knocking on heaven's door. No. It's Wembley Arena. He's, this Sounds is like what, the specials this last is a, night at the Paramount Theater. You should Google it or look it up on YouTube. This is a 10-hour repetitive clip of Axel asking for more reggae in the breakdown of the third verse. Of yeah. Sounds like a ska song to me. It must have taken that guy like... Yeah. Two days to it upload that to YouTube. Oh, upload, yes. I give them a seven. They made a difference in my life. Musically. Wait, I need, I, really a, I need to give it. them a number here. Oh, go on. You give them a seven? Yeah. I'm giving Guns and Roses. This is the hardest one I've had. This is really tough for me. Man, they had charisma, didn't they? Yeah, and hair. Give us and reggae. And Slash. I'm giving them a... Fucking five! I can't believe it. Uh, Hold on, leave this on. <laughs> that first album is, is life changing. Leave this on, ready? Here it goes. All right, yeah, here we go. Now we grew up in the right time for that day. With, with no further ado, uh, Tommy Rockstar will give a numerical representation of what he thinks of Guns N' Roses. I'm dying to hear the this. The floor is yours. Select the come follow. Shut up. Turn off, you, turn off Mary. First of all, I'd, I'd like to say I give Guns N' Roses an eight. And I'll, wow, tell, you, I'll really? tell you why. I'll tell you why. Ah, he gave Harshes a loaf of nine. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'm going to have like Matt tattooed in your yeah, arm exactly. and, uh, you know, Eric. Eric, I'm giving you an eight because of what we talked about during the break about you, John Hulan, telling me that I jumped the punch too early. I, I, I sat back and thought about it. The reason why I wouldn't give him a ten is because their cheese factor from user illusions on and and it just killed it for me because right. i was such a huge fucking fan of the early fucking guns and i'm glad you can look past that though like as a fan yeah you can of course you have to but i also appreciate your your candor like you know like you're being honest about it it was not a glorious period for a fan oh, that's tough no. is that the opening line you use or like axel sign my arm i give your band an eight does everybody <laughs> at home know what's on your left arm most people do. do. our radio listeners Yes, we did that already. Yeah, yeah, yep. they know. There was a whole show dedicated to it. But, but by but, the way, it's 86 degrees here at uh, Life from the Barrage. Uh, WKRP. <laughs> 1025. 86? Sweet. I'm, we're, I'm, I'm, yeah, so they get an eight. More nine. news, less Nessman. I'm fucking dying here. You need, you need more there WKRP references. Tommy Rockstar, ultimate Guns N' Roses fan, only giving them an eight. It's unprecedented. You got to be fair. You got to be fair. You heard it here. Very good, Tommy. I admire your honesty. No, I took your uh, advice and opinion, you know. <laughs> uh, Why don't you work a zoo and stop bothering I'm people? Still, I'm still boggled by your Beastie Boys uh, review. Yes, or, that or no, I am blowing my mind here. I, I was surprised John. you didn't give him a nine. I thought you'd give him a nine. You know what? I got, I have my reasons. They're personal. I understand. And we'll They're talk, personal reasons. We'll talk about them with fist and fury after this show I thought show Tommy was, was going to give a screaming <laughs> ten for uh, Guns N' Roses. No, I mean, look. They're, they're, I'll tell you what. Uh, but one time, Mike D, he, he kicked my dog. And Mike, that's why he lost three Mike points. Mike D was a dick to me and John. I saw Mike D at the dog park at, at uh, uh, Prospect Park, and we were walking our dogs, and he had a Shih Tzu, and I had a Donner, and he walked up to the dog, and he kicked him right in the belly. And he said, I'm Mike D. Now what? And that's why they lose three points. He's an what? asshole. No. Yeah. Three points for kicking. It's understood. Yeah. That, 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 you that, don't that, kick a dog. That's dog. a universal rule. You three kick a dog when kicking. he's down. 
It's bullshit. I don't believe it. Nice no, job, Mike D. I'm just kidding. Mike D. You're Go eat some there. vegetables and relax. To kill John. All right. right. He's busy eating have asparagus, a steak, Mike B. D. Do we have a, uh, a reverse Ryan game, Mario? Yes, we do. If this, a, if this starts to tank, if this starts to tank, I'm throwing my computer out the window. Weeks, don't, months. For I got this. a regular Ryan game just in case it tanks. Ryan, <laughs> where's my believer? Where's my right hand man at the, at the All Star game? Take Let's a board. Take a board, please. I want to tell our audience you can play at home in two and a half days. I haven't showered in two and a half days at this point. I need a clipboard. Does going in the pool count as showering? I have a marker. Yes. There's a pen. Good, thank you. Anyway, little Ryan game. Do uh, do you count going in the pool count? uh, Does that count as bathing? Going in the pool? To Mario. Uh, What's the deal here? I went in the pool before and the water was hot and I still stink, so no. I got my beach wear on. I came straight from the beach. The water, the the waves are like eight feet today at Jones Beach. I take the... They uh, knocked me out. The chlorine tablets and I I scrub my armpits (laughs) (laughs) in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a pumice stone. (laughs) It exfoliates. Exfoliates. Takes all the dead skin right off. (laughs) All right. Is Mike ready? Hairdo. I was hoping Dave would be here because this is an IQ yeah, test, well, and I know he always rises to the did. challenge. But one of you can steal, and the winner gets a All-Star Gnome from City Field. All right. I love an All-Star Gnome. Yes. Wait, you guys just brought up exfoliation. I uh, couldn't sell them, so now I'm giving my, them to my, you. My girlfriend bought me exfoliator. I had, like, this heat rash on my chest, and I said, I'm breaking out in, like, weird, like, like yeah, a teenage So she says... <laughs> Try try this. You know, you'll feel, you know, this will fix you up. Well, let me now touch you. So Mama like, mia. Like four days later, that's she says. spicy of me in a bowl. Hey, are you, are you using that stuff? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm using it. But I have a problem. That shit doesn't foam up. Like, it's not real soap. And she's like, you idiot. That's exfoliator, you moron. Well, there was an Onion article the other day that said, like, guy doesn't know what the rock is for in the shower. He's like, I don't know. Maybe she's rubbing it on her (laughs) lip. What the hell hell is this rock for? I use the rock on my foot. (laughs) Right, on the bottom of your foot, right? I have a bad bottom of foot. Can you smell? (laughs) Got bad bottom foot. Can I uh, sell the shavings from the bottom of your feet on eBay? Yes. They are 40, I want to see your star rating, Mario. They are 40 cents per I'm quarter 100%, ounce. 100%. 89 and counting. All right, Mario, how does this work? Let's this do it. This game can work. Anybody at home can play. All you need is a paper and a piece of pen. You All can right. compare your score with the radio panel at home. Go get a pi- pa- piece of paper and a pen, according are we to bu- Mario. Are we, buzzing? are we buzzing? There's no buzzing needed. You write your answer down. Okay, I'm going to give you a series of 13 questions ra- rapidly. You have to write your answer down as you comes to your head. Write your first response. What a fucking man. And then at the end, we're going to reveal our answers. All right. Let's go, buddy. All right, question number one. A peacock lays an egg on a pitched roof. Which, which will it roll mostly left, mostly right, or 50-50? A peacock lays an egg on a pitched roof. Which way will it roll, mostly left, mostly right, or 50-50? Okay. Question stay two. Forte, stay forte, baba. Stay forte. Stay forte, baba. <laughs> You're making fun of my Italian heritage. No, I'm not. All right. Number two. Is there a 4th of July in England? Yes or no? Come on. Number three. How many birthdays does the average man have? All right. Number four. Some months have 31 days. How many months have 28 all right. Okay, this one is for baseball aficionados. In baseball, how many outs are there in an inning? 
What's the education level here? Let's see how many you get right. <laughs> well, Mario's a school teacher, so he has a master's Number degree. Six. Brian's got a million on his SATs. Pro scored uh, 1,200 combined. And Tommy Rockstar makes t-shirts. So. <laughs> I didn't even make my SAT. I was late for it. Brota <laughs> putana. That was funny. Hairdo's like, you know, Tommy Rockstar texted me. He said he's running late. I was like, really? <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I didn't see Are you shit. ready for number six? Yes, come on. We're halfway there. With the halfway point, you might want to towel off. Is it legal for a man in California to marry his widow's sister? Is it legal for a man in California to marry his widow's sister. This is yes or no. Mm-hmm. Number seven. All right, this might take Hold a little on, wait, time. Wait, 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 stop. Repeat the last one one more time. Is it legal for a man in California to marry his widow's sister? You're supposed to give me the answer off the top Repeat. of your head. If they're Italian. Repeat it one more time, but slower. I'm masturbating. Number seven. <laughs> this is a math question. Divide 30 by a half. Add 10. <laughs> what is the answer? Divide 30 by a half. Add 10. What is the answer? I'm fucking wrong. How on that. smart are you, hairdo? On that, I'm wrong. I okay. know it. Number eight. If there are three apples and you take away two, how many do you have? If there are three apples and you take <laughs> away two, how I many got do it. you have? I know what's going on here. Number eight. A doctor gives you three pills. Wait, that was number eight. You mean number nine? Or number nine. A doctor gives you three pills, Ding. telling you what to take one every half hour. How many minutes would the pills last? A doctor gives you three goofballs, telling you to take one every half hour. How many minutes would the pills last? Number. What the hell kind of question is this? Fuck. It is like half drunk. You fellas know where I could score some. half drunk. One every half hour. Wait, wait. Say that again. You guy, the doctor gave you three pills. Yeah, had to take one every half hour. How long would the pills last? Number ten. A farmer has 17 sheep. All but nine die. How many are left? A farmer has 17 sheep. All but nine die. How many are left? <laughs> I want number... Give me Go ahead. Sheep. I have a half pound Next. of feathers. Number 11. How many There's 11 anim- questions? What There's the hell, 13. Man. Lucky 13. How many animals of each sex did Moses take on the ark? How many animals of each sex did Moses take on the ark? Okay. Uh, uh, 12. How many two-cent stamps are there in a dozen? How many two-cent stamps are there in a dozen? Okay. Wait. Go ahead. How many two-cent stamps are there in a dozen? Yes. Go ahead. Dozen of- I'm Next. sorry. That last was one. our last question. Oh, all right. I thought there were 13. There were only 12. I think I won this game. Can you read the second to last one? No. Repeat it. Around. Too late. Because you stole it. rapid fire. I need, I need number nine one more time. It's over. Should I give him one? No. Go ahead. No, don't, don't worry about it. Fine. All right. Mm. I, I don't have a couple. Uh, audience, get ready to answer at home. I shouldn't have dropped out of high school. <laughs> Are you uh, ready? ready? Yes, we're I'll ready. have to preface this by saying I got I got 10 out of the 12. Wow. Good for you. Are you taking these answers and grading them? Or? A peacock lays an egg on a pitched roof. Which way will it roll? Uh, Please reveal your answers. Peacocks I lay actually, no eggs. I re- they lay no eggs. I wrote rooster, but I meant the male does not lay no eggs. No eggs. No so. eggs. I wrote no left. eggs. I wrote left. Left. I wrote no eggs. <laughs> I wrote left, too. I'm an idiot. All I'm right, with you, Tommy. you got to reveal your answer. What's, Hold on. What's the answer? We have J.H. The is peacocks don't lay Ryan, eggs. Ryan, Tommy, and Hairdo. Peacocks have right? live babies? Who got it right? Yeah, right. I got wait, it right. wait, wait. Ryan I mean, and Hairdo got it right. What's right? How do we know it's right? I just told you it was right. Uh, show uh Number two. Show your work. What do you got there, Hairdo? You got show peacocks laid no eggs? You two? Yeah. All right, so those two guys win. I wrote left. 
Is there a Fourth of July in England? Please read your answer as you wrote it. Yes. No. No. Yes. Of course. And there's a Fourth of July all over the world. Right, it's on the calendar. Third of July. Everybody has July Fourth. It comes after the third. Well, if you want to get like that. So who got it? Me. I'm the best around. John, John has one. <laughs> Ryan has two. Uh, uh, chill, chill, huh? Hold on. Because you stole it. gonna ever keep me down. Of course, it's the Fourth of hey, July in England. <laughs> I don't know. They don't care. I don't see anything. They stop listening. This is the greatest game since. White rice. All right, come on. Oh, peacocks are dudes. That's Some why they don't lay eggs. Oh. Some months Pe- have 31 days. Oh, my days. God. I should be shot. Right, I listen, sh- I'm going to go in order. Some months have 31 days. How many have 28? Hand One. Do. One. All, all of them. them. All of them. All of them. Oh, you you son of a bitch. You dirty, days. filthy motherfucking you teacher. Pieces of Number shit. four says all. Who, by the way. Who I, got it? I, I put one all. like Tommy. J.H.? Tommy's no. on the board. Oh, John. No, I got one. No, no, no. Hairdo and Ryan got it right. Wait, you skipped the question. No, no, you two got it right. Yeah, we got it wrong. You skipped a question. Oh, yes, no, you right. That was number th- uh, four. four right. How many okay. months? Oh. Number two, uh, number three. three. How many birthdays does the average man have? One. One. 63? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize they were all trick questions, and I could have changed my strategy. What'd you write, Hedrick? One. One. The answer is one. You fucks. Everyone got it except one, me. We just, you have one I birthday, quit. and you celebrate it using your birthday, yeah, which means anniversary, it. sir. Get it. So who got it? Three. Tommy, you're on the board? Yeah, I'm on the board. Let's have a round of applause for Tommy. I got a big fat uh, peacock egg up there. Ryan is on the lead with four hairdos right behind me. Not all of us can be PhD Kerry Ann O'Hara's. I got got them all so far. We're going to number five. In baseball, how many outs are there in an inning? Six. I got this. Six. Six. Uh, Bullshit. Per side. I wrote three per side. Did you write three per side? Yeah, per side. No, he wrote three. I, I, mean, I wrote six I wrote three outs. as an intended for the side. Yeah. You're out. Look at my answer. He's wrong. It's six, three per side. You wrote six outs. Very good hairdo. Hairdo gets it right. Ryan, our per team. Neck neck. All right, wait. I got one. I, I think I have two points. This beer is wearing John, you got heavy. six? Yeah, six. You got three points. I also got six. How many points you, do I get? You got three, you're, the, you're right behind Ryan. You got four. All right. I feel dumb. In, uh, in, is too. it legal for a man in California to marry his widow's sister? No, because he's dead. Necrophilia is illegal. He's dead. Who wrote because he's dead? Doesn't matter. You said it was a net yes or no question. I wrote no. I get the point. I wrote yes. What do you mean his widow's sister? His, he, his... He, that means he died. Tommy, this game is right, not so if this, I'm drunk. <laughs> if the sister Andrew, what'd you write? Would be necrophilia. I wrote yes because I, I, I misunderstood the question. No, don't give him a point. I'm sorry. All right. I, I will deduct this next point. Sorry. Heather, you only have four. You're tied with John. Ryan has pulled into the lead with six. Hey, Ryan, pull Tommy, this. Tommy, you have one. Pull this. One. No, okay. What's the next one? The math one. The math one. Divide oh. 30 by a half and add 10. What is the answer? Seven, Tw- seven, 25. 70. 25. 16. 25. Me and Heather do have 25. Who Se- said 70? I did. 30 divided by one half equals 60. Right. Plus 10. Whoa, whoa, how does 30 divided by one half equal If I say here's 30 something, then divide them in half, you have 60 things. Right. 30 times a half would be. That, half hey, Mario, why are you going to be such a douche? <laughs> I've been waiting Crazy to get Bob you guys on the reverse Ryan game. Damn you. So who got it? Just Ryan? He's pulling away with Just this. This really is like an SAT. No wonder I never showed up to that. <laughs> Saturday if there afternoon are test. three apples and you take away two, how many do you have? Two. Three. Two. Three. Two. 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 If you, you take, take away, away two, two, you, you still have two. Yes. You have two. Yeah, baby. Give me a point. Yeah, but you still have the other one, too. <laughs> no, no, you don't. I beat the guy up. What do you guys Some You other guys guy. don't know how I operate. I beat the hell out so of that guy. Did you deduct Hairdo's point from the last round? He didn't get a point that time. All right. 
Chill out, dude. I'm watching you. This is okay. down to the wire. Nah, uh, nine. A doctor gives you three pills. This was hard for you, Hedu. <laughs> Tell you to take one every half hour. How many minutes would the pills last? Hedu, are you going to have those little pill counters and your wife's going to be saying, take one of these now? I'm going to say now. three minutes because I'm going to take one a minute <laughs> until I feel better. <laughs> I wrote 90 minutes. I got one hour. I got an hour and a half. I don't know. Close. 60 minutes. You start with the first pill, 30 minutes later, you take the second pill, and then 30 minutes later, you take the third pill. Red Hot Ryan walking How away. is Ryan running away with this? Because he's smart. Because it's his game in reverse. <laughs> he wants that bobblehead. He wants that gnome. You got it, buddy. He's on the way. Can somebody beat him? I have milk, eggs. A farmer has 17 sheep. All but nine die. How many are left? Nine. 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 Homicide. Did Everybody you say nine? got that? Finally. Where's the list? I want to see this written bullshit. Everybody got it. <laughs> we got two more, two more, two more. Around, because you stole it. going to ever keep me down. <laughs> All right. How many animals of each sex did Moses take on the ark? One. One of each. One. One. Got you all. None. Moses didn't have an ark. Noah did. You uh, dirty <laughs> bastard. Listen, I go by That's the religion. children's Bible. You slight trickery of hand. Motherfucker. Religion is fake. So you little sheeny Ryan, fuck. you were about to tie my record. You know, everyone in the chat box timing. thinks it's so easy sitting at home. Right. Let's see you come it's in so here and easy. do it under pressure How when many? it's 96 degrees. Yeah, I was going to say in the heat. The Far oppressive. Yeah, I'm totally oppressed right now. Can we get some sound? It's our last question. Our final question. How many two-cent stamps are there in a dozen? Twelve. 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 We all got it wrong. I've had my right. What you None. There are twelve two-cent oh, stamps in a dozen. All right. That's funny. I wrote both. I wrote none slash twelve. <laughs> he did. He did. I have three points, which I think is the bottom end. I got wow. merch to drop off. This is. I'm out of here. Fuck this. <laughs> well... I think Dave would have given you a run for your money, Ryan. But you are the champion. I think with eleven, I say, yeah. I say the best. I say bullshit to that. You I are, do issue the you challenge. You want to challenge? Should I bring you another set of questions for uh, you and Dave? An IQ face off. Congratulations, Ryan! You are the winner of a brand Yay. new Med City Field Gnome Doll right. special limited item that nobody would go buy. I'm gonna sell that on the boardwalk. <laughs> nice job, Ryan. <laughs> Never roam alone. Never run alone. Stepped up. I only hope I did you proud, oh great Ryan. I will. I don't have many games. That was a very rare thing. Thank you, Ryan. Big bucks. Big bucks. Stop. Who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? All right. Does anybody else have anything for us, or we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up? What do you think? Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. Thanks, everybody. Monday night. Monday night. Arlene's Grocery. Free show. My favorite Clash cover band. Straight out of hell. Why are you inviting me to? Free. It's free. And this karaoke. Afterwards, uh, <laughs> go see them, and you'll know why I spend all my time watching a cover band. Look for Where's Izzy the Short coming out next year sometime. I'll keep you guys updated. It's not a cover band; it's a tribute. Exactly, band. it's a tribute, man. Tribute uh, band. Uh, go see everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. I guess, right? What about yeah. Risk Reward? When are yeah, they what playing? About that band, Risk Reward. Oh, uh, the next time we're playing is like not until September. Out, outside, everybody's in the wearing your shirts everywhere. And that's right. Everyone loves us. We're the greatest. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully next week we'll hey welcome Dave back. Will, and, uh, uh, and will Pappy uh, back from England? Uh, yeah, I assume. I think he's done mastering the record. He's mastering. He's master something. He's busy mastering, so uh, hopefully I will... Master, master this. <laughs> master. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why Tree is mad, but... Here we are. We did a skeleton crew tonight. Thanks to our guest, Tommy Rockstar. 
who stepped up. Mario, of course, with the Always big... Always glad uh, to get out of the house. Thank and, you. Thank uh, you for having me. Our special guest, uh, Howie Huberman. Awesome, was, as always. Uh, Thanks great, a lot. Great interview. So yep. thank you, Howie. And uh, hopefully we'll be in touch and we'll get CC DeVille's on here because he's Poison is Woody's favorite That'd band. That'd be great. We should do that. We need Look to forward to that. that. Woody's seen Poison 25 times. That band that is was my Poison. First concert. That was my very first concert, Poison and Tesla. Yeah, I, 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 me too, but Explains I don't say it that proud. <laughs> Explains a lot. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Thanks a lot. Goodbye, more everybody. talking and sound effects we, we have, when uh, we come back. No, there's not more talking and sound effects when we come back, John Sampolos. Wrong, wrong drop. I do have a, yeah, I have another song to play first. You guys are going to like this one. It's called Rising Above the Pack. It's day one, not employee orientation. You don't know how you're going to survive. You look to your left and you look to your right and you wonder how you got in the don't you know that I feel in the same way? Time to arbitrage their insecurity. Just make yourself indispensable 
the sign is real simple, B. It says wrap it up. Wrap that shit up, B.